This week in league, in deciding whether to lower the playing age to under 18, the NRL brings in the industry expert, Corey Harawiranaira. Darren Lockyer concedes that the role of his fall guy isn't as enticing as it used to be for off-contract Broncos. Two cases of the deadly Rona found in Logan, yet Barb is still the undisputed grossest thing to crawl out of there. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for round 12 of the 2020 NRL season. Quite more this week in league. Welcome to episode 361 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. We're doing this one uh, Rona style. We gotta keep them separated. Yeah, we are, we are being responsible because uh, my kid is uh, homesick with a cold. And it's not really a Rona protocol situation. It's more of, I don't want... Because I felt I felt sick yesterday morning when I woke up, and uh, I've, I've since I've, I've since feel fine. So I must have just sort of been at that tipping point and uh, and and defeated it uh, through sheer power of manliness. But um, <laughs> just just in case I'm asymptomatic, uh, I I I mean, there's no no one's got Rona here, but uh, I I just don't want to give stepdad a cold and ruin his uh his blossoming fuck game. <laughs> <laughs> which is going very well for him at the moment and I don't, I don't want to be the guy to fucking <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to snot block him I, I gotta say <laughs> we are in unprecedented territories here <laughs> so uh, yeah given the although I, I, I sort of I sort of feel that the the deal I did with the devil for Penrith season is is having some unintended um, side effects, and so uh, as, as long as they keep trudging along, then my uh, my fuck game just just as goes the year of Cleary, so goes stepdad's <laughs> fuck game. <laughs> and uh, obviously, the news today is that uh, you know a spanner. <laughs> Has been thrown has been thrown into the work by some dirty fucking cunts down Logan Way. Yeah. Who who hopped from Victoria to Sydney and then Sydney to Brisbane and were told to self isolate for fourteen days. Didn't self isolate at all and in fact were symptomatic for eight days. At which point they proceeded to go and fucking spread their germs around uh, Orion at Springfield, Grand Plaza at Browns Plains, fucking South Bank, like these these two. I mean, like, these two, they're not. And I'm being, I know I'm being light on them here, but when I when I call them diseased cunts, these two fucking diseased cunts are going to be single handedly responsible for fucking our grand final weekend. You know that, right? Yeah, exactly. Border shut for New South Wales now. As of, I think the as of as immediately of, leaving on Saturday. As of Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. These fucking bitches. Yeah, I tell you, because they were down there, fu- you know, fucking because they're not hot enough for people to pay for their OnlyFans. So they were down there spreading those fucking sharp crust flaps that they must have. 
mm-hmm. from living in fucking Logan all their life mm-hmm. for middle-aged fucking Greens voting sugar daddies down in Melbourne CBD. Fuck them. Yes. Fuck them. With the sharpest, most largest and pneumatic (laughs) (laughs) fucking action. Yes. That's it. It drives me fucking crazy because Queen, we we were, we're sorted Mm. up here. We were good. We were. I mean, you know, I still don't think it's going to be crazy, but, but still we were like pretty much zeroed off. Yeah. And life was almost, even though like, you know, there there was all the, the talk of the social distancing and all this sort of stuff still being done. And, you know, some stores, you know, they sort of changed the way they did things and, and, and so on. Yep. Realistically, though, it was pretty much like, felt like yeah, pretty much back to normal, yeah? Yeah, exactly. But now these cunts are going to fucking lock us down again. And the thing is, we shut the border of New South Wales. That means we can't go fucking grand final weekend. And yes, there is, you know, still kind of three months for this shit to resolve itself. Yeah. But man, it would have been perfectly fucking resolved in three months from now if these cunts hadn't have fucking done what they did wouldn't it just so it's the first time i've actually been legitimately fucking angry and it's all because of these fucking friends of victoria australia's shame <laughs> Fuck yeah but we still have rugby league we do and i'll tell you what queensland will i can i can i can say for a fact that unlike their football teams, Queensland will have the Rona situation well in hand by the end of October. Fuck and so yes. if those other cunt states down south can't fucking figure their shit out, we'll be doing something in Brisbane. Don't you worry about that. Yes. Something will be something will be happening. It just be lucky days for the Brisbane ones. There will and, be a uh, celebration. Oh yeah, there'll be celebration, bitches. There will be a celebration. And uh and at the moment, and, and at the moment, the celebration is, thank God we're not fucking Victorians. <laughs> disease cunts, like these Logan disease cunts. Yes. I'll tell you, is this the record for, for dropping cunt bombs at the start of a show? Maybe it is. But is it deserved? Oh, Definitely. absolutely. I mean, what do you do with these motherfuckers? Because, like, what's our fine? Like, 1300 bucks or something? Like, 1330 yeah, exactly. or something? Sure, $1,300 would probably fucking hurt a 19-year-old cleaner somewhat, but not enough to not fucking do it in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So, it wasn't it wasn't like a perceived huge punishment at the time they decided to go and fucking disease up everywhere. So, what we need to do is we need to get these, you know, these Rona fucking prisons together. I mean, they have the situations where they've got like, you know, you know, terror, you know, to... to to prevent terrorist acts where they've got the powers to just, you know, snatch people up and just fucking <laughs> throw them in a hole. <laughs> they need to do it for the, they need to do it for these cunts too, because honestly, the potential outcomes of these motherfuckers doing what they're doing. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like fucking old people dying and shit. Yeah, exactly. It's so, like, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, anyway, that's it. Although um, up against the wall, a wall that's covered in like, you know, plastic wrap, so that the dirty fucking dirty fucking rona blood doesn't splat all over it after the firing squad's done. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mm. news this week. 
let's uh, the first one I want to kick off with is uh, of course the tug of war regarding David Fafita has come to a close, and the uh, the Gold Coast Titans, Queensland's premier side, <laughs> have prevailed. As often happens in these, you know, player tugs of war. I mean, you know, the, the premier side prevails. That's it. And uh, I was listening to a lot of radio on the weekend, and and so you know, for, for better or worse, I happened to uh, hear something on on Triple M, and like they were talking to Gordon Tallis about it. And uh, apparently, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a in a in a twist of fate. I don't think he was instrumental in getting him across the line for the Titans because now he's like an ambassador or something for the Titans. And so I don't think he was he was like, I wouldn't say he's instrumental, but he did get on the phone to him and say, look, this is what the Titans are about, blah, 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 you know, and, uh, and yeah, the, the Broncos aren't what they were when, when I was there. You know, he's like, I understand what it means to pull on the Broncos jersey. I did it as, you know, it's the only team I wanted to play for as well. Yeah. But. But it was also the fucking only team there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and said, but this is the situation, yeah. Because well, the fact with with it being the only team there uh, at the time, and he couldn't get a run, and so he he had to go to the Dragons, yeah. essentially to play, yeah. you know, to, to to play his career. Um, but he's getting a little bit more money from the Titans and the Broncos are offering, but not a crazy like it's not. There's a couple of hundred a year, I think, uh, overall, the, the final contract value uh, over the same period of time. Um, but the Rabbits offered him, I think they offered him as much, if not more, than the Titans, right? Yeah. They had a they had, they had a mega offer in there for him as well. But, I mean, he's done very well getting, you know, allegedly around three and a half million across the three years. Yep. And uh, the, there's been a lot of speculation about the dollars after mm-hmm. this. And and it it's predictable, you know. And and as if it was either of our clubs involved, we would probably fall on one of these two sides as well. Yeah. The Titans now are like, okay, yeah, look, it's big, but we're rebuilding. We need to pay overs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's the sort of player that will bring other people to the club. Um, the Broncos, their instant reaction straight away was, oh, they're paying too much. If if they want to pay too much, I want to pay too much. To and be that, to be an honest, I've I've seen like uh, not Broncos, not from the club side, but from the fan base side. Like the fan base are like they're distraught. Yeah, they're like the club. They're they're they're, yeah, they're, the they're, they're not sort of that. yeah they're not sort of going. They're sort of falling on the players' side. Sort of like you know, this club is such a shit show that yeah you know why wouldn't you leave you know that sort of thing yeah that's it. Um, but look, it, it's actually probably an, an opportune time to bring up this this was posted in our Facebook group last week and I absolutely fucking love it uh, so shout out to Cameron who goes in to the Broncos Facebook group and he's created <laughs> after every loss he's created the Broncos loss aftermath bingo card which, and this is uh, th- what is this Seabold stuff or uh, just the fan uh, base in general he, no he just goes into the Broncos game thread mm. in the uh, in the Broncos official Facebook group and he ticks off things you know ref's fault players read these comments six again rule <laughs> <laughs> bunker screwed up <laughs> armchair coaches true fans oh god you- I think that could be every fucking team's Facebook group to be honest yeah that's it I mean there's some chestnuts there um, 
trust the process. Oof. That's copyright. Uh, you never played NRL. There's some fucking pearls oh. in there, but it's in the Facebook group. It's great. That's one of that. That is one of my favourite shit comments. Mm. How many? How many? How many games in NRL games you played, you played mate? mate? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right, mate. But, but the the thing is, and I think where the Titans have been pretty shrewd is it's a short deal. Yeah. You know they ha- they haven't gone to him and locked. It's him the shortest up deal they've ever signed a player to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At only three years. <laughs> yeah. But you know who's who's taking less than three years these days to jump clubs. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If if you're if you've got somebody at your club and you know they're coming to the end, you might say to them, "Hey, look, we're going to give you an extra two, and then we'll look at topping you up with another one at the end of that." Yeah. But we just want two now. Yep. A, a three-year deal for Feed is perfect. He's an up-and-coming. Especially forward. especially that age. Yeah. Um, and they've they've had to pay marquee money because they need a marquee player. Yeah. And I mean, like their pack's going to be fucking great next year. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they got Fodawaka, they got uh, they got Owe from from Storm coming up as well. The the other one, the the one you hate to see though, is it does look like Ryan James. Yes, is on the outer. Um, that he's gone as a Canberra. Yeah, and that's um, and that's after two two knees that he's done like in consecutive seasons, right? Yeah, and and Which so is just a shame. If if you take it from that point of view, he's been a great servant to that club. Yeah. You know, um, he, he he was one of those players where every year when it was coming up to origin time, you're like, fucking surely. Like, his form is undeniable. Surely he gets yep. a run this year. Yeah. You know, lucked out. Uh, but but for him to move on, I'm glad he's gone to another club that's going to have, you know, hopefully a little bit of success because I'd hate to see him end up at, you know, the Dogs or the Dragons or something where he's just going to yep. lang- languish as a, a bench forward. Yeah, uh, or it's, it's uh, where he he'll be a starting prop, but he'll be toiling, fucking, yeah, you know, needlessly playing a solo hand. Yeah, that's it. To create space for halves that don't know how to fucking play the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, mate, it's look the the Titans have done very well. It shows the power of somebody like Mal Meninga. You know, for anyone yep. that was questioning putting Mal Meninga on as their what is he, the GM of football or culture manager or whatever the yeah, fucking he is? Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously he's a powerful influence. Yeah. You know, given given his his tenure, you know, with, with Queensland State of Origin, you know, during their golden their, their golden run. Yep. He's uh, obviously yeah, a powerful guy and look, to And again, it it really shows you what dire straits that Broncos side's in. Yeah. Because having seen both of their facilities, yep. the Broncos facility at the moment is still a fucking glorious place to work and train and play football, but they're getting a new centre of excellence built for them. Like yep. the, they will have the most state-of-the-art facility in the country, and he's choosing to walk away from that. Some things are more important than centres of excellence. Yes. I'm they afraid. Are. So, no, good good win for the Titans. Good win for the Titans. A bad loss for the Broncos because how often do you see the Broncos actually lose someone that they really want to keep? No. The the narrative is always that Brisbane cunt people and end up yep. like, you know, let, let's rattle off. And, you know, look, maybe, maybe this is <clears throat> the other thing, and I haven't seen this played out. Maybe this is Broncos fucking karma. Like they cunted Wally Lewis. Mm-hmm. They cunted Petro. Mm-hmm. Even though they took him back, yep. Um, 
the the amount of people that they're just like, you know what, we're done with you. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. And look, to be honest, I mean, that that ruthless kind of attitude is probably, you know, required. I mean, with a bit more decorum, but I mean, you yeah. know, it's that's that's the that's the business of the game. Yeah. But um but yeah. Yep. Well, I think I think it's not so much the the cunning of older players that that there's karma for. It's karma for hoarding the best and brightest of Southeast Queensland talent for you know the the duration of their entire existence. Really, mm. I mean, I think I would I would think that they wanted to keep Ash Taylor. Yeah, and you know when they lost him, but um, at the same time they weren't in these dire straits that they are now. They had a succession plan in place, and it wasn't the 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 end of the world when he when he uh, elected to go down the road. Mm. Yeah, fickle. Uh, in signing, in other signing news, Sonny Bill Williams will be returning to the game, returning to the NRL, returning to the Roosters uh, for a, for a brief pinch hitting. Uh, I guess cameo for the season for them. Obviously, he was playing for the uh, Toronto Wolfpack. That all collapsed, uh, which has freed him up to do something. His family is in Australia, so he obviously would want to return to his family. Uh, he has to serve, like you know, his fourteen day isolation and things like that upon return to the country. And uh, ultimately, that will leave him in a position where he can play the final four matches of the regular season for the Roosters, as well as the finals, which they'll no doubt, you know appearing yep and it looks like he's going to get uh 150 grand for that term um they originally tried to register 120 grand the nrl rejected that so we're seeing a lot of stuff on the facebook group and just in you know fandom in general it's a it's an ongoing meme you know the roosters with the salary sombrero like the storm and you know especially in recent years you know the roosters have had a great deal of success and they seem to you know whenever a marquee player comes off onto the market they they're usually a pretty good shout at getting them if they want them now on this occasion i'm gonna have to go look i love the salary sombrero meme as much as anybody i fucking love giving roosters shit about salary cap of course Yeah. It's what it's what you do. Yep. However, on this occasion, I just think it's fucking way off base because, <laughs> I mean, they're paying him way more than he's worth. Yes. I dare say, even in 2013, because I mean, you got to prorate this 150 games for 150 grand for four games. I mean, that's like 900 grand for the season essentially that he would be paid, and. At his peak, yeah, he probably would have been, you know, at, if his peak was today, he'd be, like, worth that for sure and maybe more. But that was fucking six years ago. It's six years since he's played real rugby league and his performances for the Wolfpack, especially the early ones, were fucking not good. I think a lot of people are getting caught up in this. They think that 2013 Sonny Bill is coming to join the Roosters for 150 grand for a season. Yeah. That's, That's what they see. They just see these broad strokes. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's 2020 Sunny Bill. Mm. It's 150 grand for four games and potentially another couple in the finals. Yep. And the, to go to your point earlier, and it's a very, very good one, is the reason that the Roosters get all of these fucking marquee players 
is exactly the reason that the Broncos used to and the reason that the Broncos aren't now. It's because they're a successful team and players can walk around there and feel that cohesion within there. They've played against them. And they know but also because players, because players want to win. Exactly. And, and they know what it's like to play against that rooster system. Yep. So to have the opportunity to be a part of it must be incredibly enticing mm-hmm. for those players. Looking at, at Sonny Bill, you know, the, the rugby league community gets up in arms about player movements. We are not the sport where one player makes or breaks a team. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I say to you, who is the the greatest rugby league player player of the last thirty years? What's the first name that comes to mind? Hmm. Just I don't who's know. The greatest? Hypothet- hy- hypothetically so, speaking, if we said it was to be like Andrew Johns or that's something it. like and, that, that's it, and that's the answer you would expect out of most people. Yep. You know, un- unless yep. they're fuckheads. But how many premierships did he win? Yeah, exactly. You know, and and the, the just that doesn't change the the topic of conversation around. Well, what, you know, was was he the greatest? It's not the number of premierships. He lost more often than than years that he won. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like a sport like basketball where you can get one person and and just change the entire dynamic. Yeah, of your team. Um, Sonny Bill's going to come in, and let's face it. If you look at him, he has always been the consummate professional in terms of being an athlete. Yep. You know, he's done multi-sports at the highest level, gone back and forth. And whereas you look at somebody like Jared Hayne, I don't think Jared Hayne handled his transition back to rugby league very well. No, terribly. Uh, I, I think he underestimated exactly what he would need to do. And he doesn't strike me and also from you know first-hand reports doesn't seem like the guy who's going to be putting in extras at training whereas Sonny Bill also from reports from ex-teammates was the guy who went and cornered the the nutritionist as soon as he got back into rugby league and you know was needing diet and this and how do I do this and how do I do this and then going to the doctors and the the sports scientists and saying, okay, well, can you do a workout plan for me? They're like, no, 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 we'll have the workout plans done this week. And he's gone, no, 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 I want extras. Yeah. Like, I've come from this sport, and so I need to do more because I need to get back to this. Yep. Uh, And and that'll hold him in good stead. And really, at the end of the day, he's going to play limited minutes, um... He's going to come on as a super sub, and who knows? In in this age of, of more mobile forwards that that have got a little bit of nous about them, yep. The fucking greatest thing here, and what I am crossing my fingers and hoping and praying for, is that Sunny Bill just turns into last season Luke Lewis two point oh. Yeah. You know, and there's a, a couple of fucking line breaks where there's just daylight ahead of him, but the old legs can't quite get him there, <laughs> or you know, he, he almost makes it. And is he going to make it? No, yes, he's going to make it. And taking the shoulder charge out of the game since he was last around. Correct. Yes, he can't do that anymore. <laughs> Fuck now. Um, <laughs> taking a lot of it, and, and uh, I, I, I saw some complaints from fucking the usual suspects like Paul Kent saying that you know other clubs would be delighted to pay fucking Sonny Bill way more than that. So this situation is not fair at all. 
Well, why? It's a fucking free market, mate. If he doesn't, if he wants to take 150 grand to play for the club he fucking played with and won with, yeah. Why does he have to take? You know, I'm making figures up. Three hundred, like double it to go and go and fucking toil with the shit cunt dogs or something. Yeah, it- it's fucking stupid. What a stupid fucking comment. Yeah, the so hang on, because they're only paying one hundred and fifty, and other clubs offered more. There must be something underhanded going on, or or the yeah, they're- yeah, and the fact that and the fact that other clubs would have would have you know gladly parted with more than one hundred and fifty grand for the four games to have him. Yeah, well, fuck yeah, again, fucking great. Yeah, get good, be somewhere he wants to be. Yeah. You know, yeah. ha- have a fucking chairman like Uncle Nick, who has obviously maintained a relationship with Sonny Bill. So that when yep. he comes back, he's the first person he rings. Hey, I've yep. just, just been fucking booted out of Canada because of the Rona. I've got no cash. Can you know, hook me up? Well, I mean, this is the thing. He doesn't need the cash. I don't think he, he doesn't care about the cash. Yeah, exactly. He wants, he wants something to do, get back into Australia with his family, yep. and he'll probably line up some boxing fights and, you know, like a super fight with some other fucking ex-player or something. Isn't he fighting Barry Hall? You know, oh, is he? Yeah, that's what well, I exactly, exactly. That's you know, Well, that's exactly the sort of level of fight I would expect. I would expect. And it's a marketing win for the NRL as well. Mm. I mean, he's a fucking name that people know. Um, you know, I guess this season it's not really about bums on seats, but it's about eyeballs on the yeah, exactly on the games. And uh, exactly, and you know, fucking Paul Cunt, he's worth clicks to you. So shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. Fucking don't bite a gift horse in the mouth or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, thirty-five year old hasn't played for six years in the NRL. Yeah. Hasn't trained since February. Yep. Honestly, it's not it's not worth it's not worth the, the, the fucking stroke, fellas. Just calm down. Yeah. More signing. The tug of war over uh, Joseph uh, Joseph Suali, who is uh, the young player who was reported uh, what a month ago or something like that. Yep. That he was gonna get like a, a ridiculously sized like two million whatever contract um with Souths, extension yep. with Souths. Then there was talk that uh, the rugby were going to uh, poach him and, and pay him $3 million. Yep. And he's, uh, it was like he'd, he'd gone to Souths. He'd backflipped on Souths and he'd gone to rugby and this and that. And then, then it comes out, you see the actual figures? No. I mean, I mean, well, like, rugby is fucking a broke joke. Like, it's got less fucking money than, I don't know, fucking curling. Like <laughs> they are absolutely fucking broke. Yeah, was that what they offered him was something more like ten percent of that. And I don't know if it came from the Souths that it was a three million thing, which kind of drove up a media frenzy, which may have like pushed him back towards the rabbits. And if so, brilliant, great fucking strategies. But apparently, rugby were like, "Nah, we can't pay you shit." We pay you three hundred grand, two hundred fifty grand, or something like that. I think it was, but our advantage is that you can play in a real in quotes World Cup, mm. see some of the world, mm. play in the Commonwealth Games, playing you know like yeah, uh, you know, all these different international competitions that you can't play if you're with rugby league. Yep. So they, they tried to make this more this more holistic sort of situation rather than just dollars to play to play league. Um, and at the end of the day. You can, you can, you can, you can suck the whole of these nuts because, <laughs> because if a kid is getting a couple of million dollars, you know, before, you know, before he turns seventeen, and can change, 
change from all reports his family could really use that cash too. Yeah. And if he can change his entire family's fucking life before he turns 20, he can still go and do that other shit if he wants to. They don't have fucking Olympics this year. I mean, Commonwealth Games, when's that going to happen? No one knows when anything's going to happen. Exactly. Why would you why would you, why would you give up fucking ninety percent of a potential payment on the on the gamble that <laughs> some international competition is going to happen again someday? It it was an opportunity though, and and again I'm I'm fucking nitpicking here, and I think Philandis has handled most shit very well, right? Since he came. That this was an opportunity for him to just pull his fucking big rugby league dick out and yeah. slap it on the table. Yeah. And pretty much say, this kid's in our system. Yeah. He's there and he's ready to play our game. He's young. And if he wants to go off and make that much money, you know, while he's young, that's fine. But no one player is bigger than our game. And then to yeah. fucking rattle off some shit like, here is our last TV rights deal. Here is Rugby Australia's last TV rights deal. Here is the you know the the highest rating fucking yeah. And you know that he's and you know he's not above that too because he's exactly. been taking pot shots at AFL for fucking exactly. weeks. Exactly. So for him to just basically come out and say, well, you know what, rugby, go the same lines that Broncos fans. We're doing with Fafita, basically come out and say, you know what, rugby, if you want to pay overs for a 17-year-old kid, if that's how fucking desperate you are, then come and do it, and we'll be here waiting at the end of fucking three years when when you've got no fucking competition and everything you've offered him's run out. Yep. Um, he'll still be at a great age to play rugby league, but we'll continue fine without him up to then, and even if he never comes along we won't skip a beat because no one player is bigger than our game. Yep. Yeah, but he said he's going to start looking at underage fucking things, so. Yeah, I mean, that part of things, he's, the, the, that's the, the one thing I don't like about him. Mm. He seems very reactive to the topic of the day. And whether which- that's whether that's just him understanding that that's all he has to do. Yeah. To just go, yep, you know what, I'm happy to look into that, and if it needs to yep. be changed, we'll change it. And then if he never says anything about it ever again, with the current crop of fuckhead journalists out there, no mm-hmm. one will ever call him to account and say, hey, you remember when you said this, 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 and this? Yeah. Whatever happened to any of that shit? I had a look at it. Yeah. That's what I said. So. <laughs> uh, what else do we have here? This is an article I only saw this afternoon, and... Uh, this is, I don't know if you've seen this one, but it's fucking great. The Brisbane Broncos are desperately in need of someone to save them. <laughs> and according to coach Anthony Seabold, the most experienced player in NRL history could be that man. Seabold confirmed today that Brisbane are considering making a play for storm skipper Cameron Smith. Constant critics of the club have harped on about the lack of leadership and poor culture at Red Hill that's led to their demise. It doesn't look like it's set to be fixed anytime soon, but luring Smith would be a huge coup in trying to turn their form around. <laughs> would it? 
This 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 article is absolutely fucking. It's like a it's a clickbait extrapolation from someone yeah. probably asking the question to Seabold saying, "If Cameron Smith were available, would you would you bring him into the side? Or could he add something to the side?" And Seabold, you know, fucker that he is, but not that much of a fucker. Of course, would say, "Yeah, obviously, we don't have a fucking hooker." <laughs> Yeah, a hooker would be great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, non-story, but uh, here's the thing: Cameron is garbage at the moment. Yeah, there is. Cameron Smith would go to Brisbane, and he'd probably be okay there. But this is the thing that no one realizes, and it should be fucking bleeding, obviously, by now. Who's left Melbourne and excelled? Yeah. Okay. So. Greg Inglis obviously had a great career moving on from Melbourne. Greg Inglis had a good career moving on from Melbourne. Tasted premiership success with Souths. But he that that's his that was his athleticism. Yeah, you but know. I mean you just, you just said you know who, so I don't Yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. Yeah. But what I'm saying is Cameron Smith and Cameron Smith being successful as a fucking mid thirties 400 game hooker yeah it's a different situation Greg Inglis left you know if not in his prime you know close to it yeah and Cameron Smith's success is as much based around him playing within that Melbourne system as it is him just being Cameron Smith in fact I'd say that the Melbourne system and the familiarity that he has in that I feel like the Melbourne system is like is more like wrapped around him you know what I mean? Well, it, it allows him to succeed. Yeah, but I think it's, like, also based on what he brings. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's based on what he does. Mm. And it's, you know, best for the, the entire yep. team to succeed based on what he brings to the table. That's it. That's as much credit you'll ever hear me give that cunt. There you go. Seriously. So, um, yes, I'd fucking love for that to happen because it would allow the demise of the Broncos and Cameron Smith. Simultaneously. Yeah. At be the brilliant. same time <laughs> the uh, East Tigers backed Brisbane Firehawks have released their logo I don't know if you saw it yeah I did it's a, it's a blend of a swooping raptor with burning flames uh, and, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, it was uh, created by I'm not going to give these guys a uh, a plug for, uh, for creating this logo but it captures the essence of the Firehawk which is a group of Australian raptor species that intentionally spread wildfires by carrying smouldering branches to unburned areas. Cunts. So they're cunts. The Brisbane they're, cunt birds. They're basically sky cunts. Yeah. <laughs> 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 However, could you imagine? Like, I mean, if you want, if you could, you know, extrapolate that that metaphor, and <laughs> and be like, they're you know they're. <laughs> They're setting like you know, Suncorp and Red Hill on fire, <laughs> carrying burning branches and dropping them down there <laughs> as like symbolically destroying the Broncos. I mean, I can get behind that, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, sky cunts. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't. I I'm going to be honest. I haven't been following this in this Corona Corona era. There's no fucking way they're expanding the competition. No, these not. guys may they these guys may very well be up next mm. when that day comes. But you know, I'm not in favour of a 17 team competition. 
it has to be 16 or it has to be 18. Mm. You know, the, the, uh, yeah, the, the buy shit's not, not a great way of doing it. Mm. But then, you know, who's next after the, after the sky cunts? Exactly. Fucking swoop cunts. If I had time, I would actually change it and just turn, change the sky cunts, Brisbane, and then have that bird and just have the birds look, you know, just change the eyes on it just to make them look like, I guess, more cunty. Just, <laughs> just put like a, a child in a t-shirt that says orphan and have this bird <laughs> just shitting fire onto its head. <laughs> uh, anyway, you got any news articles you want to speak about? No. Uh, look. It's the ultimate in fucking clickbait, but some, somehow this resurgence of David Nofaluma having his eyes set on Origin God has, um, has risen again. And I, I, I just want to say that if if that happens, if that happens, then then State of Origin is truly dead. State of Origin happens this year. Well after the grand final has completed. Like a month and a half after yes. the grand final's completed. Yes. So if you mean to tell me that we can't have fit bodies for the back three with somewhere in the vicinity of Tedesco throw a moz in there fucking even like Ferguson for God's sake exactly and there's so many like there are so many people who are incumbent that are ahead of the line of David Nofaluma on his best fucking day the cunts are winger yep right and he's in he's up and around the fucking top try scorers for the season yeah in a team that's been fucking stat padding against Broncos and Bulldogs. Exactly. Yep. Like, when, when they've played teams above them on the ladder, he does fuck all. Yeah. And people forget that in the first, uh, you know, in the, the, the pre-COVID iteration of the season, the last game there, they were playing the Knights and it was like, it was fucking Benny Hill music all around with exactly. him, DJ, letting tries in. Exactly. So, no. Um, that was the only other thing I saw of any interest and that's only a fucking comedy story. Yeah, and when West West Tigers fans feel free to run, but you know, you know better. Exactly. You know better. If you don't know, now you know, fuckheads. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Recaps for round 11 of the Oof. 2020 Ronarell season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the R in NRL stands for Rona. Um, <laughs> last week, we sort of um, fucked about with the format a little bit. Honestly, we didn't get a, a massive amount of feedback like either way, but I feel like we got more, and also our own feeling as well, was kind of more towards let's just you know sort of do it the way we... Have been, yeah. It, it was too fucking clunky. Yeah. 
because the, for the previews, you would have two teams and you'd be going back and forth between game notes from two different games. to And potentially do. saying the same sort of stuff. Yes. Like, you know, like twice. Yes. You know, for, for two different games, yeah. Exactly. So, look, you know, we'll, we'll go back to the drawing board and try and figure out, you know, a way to make things work or, you know, if we change things. Yep. But um, as it stands, we'll just blast through them and yep. uh, just try and not let them get out of hand. So I guess on. that's all That's all we can do. Exactly. So, first up, Thursday night, the Parramatta Eels, 26, defeat the West Tigers, 16, at Bankwest Stadium. The Eels, 26, uh, double to Micah Sivo. Mitch Moses, Reagan Campbell-Gillard, and Sean Lane with tries. Moses, 2 of 5 conversions and a penalty goal. Defeating the Tigers, 16, tries to Lucky Leilua. David Norfoluma, Tommy Talau, Umbai, one of three conversions and a penalty goal. Was a, a nice contest this for a, a, for a fair time. while. Yeah. Um, and going into it, there was obviously all of the the battle of the wits with, with Matto no. and his fucking festivist list of grievances that he had with the club. Yeah. And he's parting shots to the club like, you know, you're never going to make the finals or you're never going to win a premiership or whatever it was that he said. Yeah, that's Allegedly it. said. And and that, that actually provided a week of just a, a frothy week on the socials. Yes. With the fans getting very amped for it, which spilled over when and the game itself came around and Maddo gets uh, KO'd. Yeah. And uh, the but HIA and he's off. Look, even before that, the first try- mm. Lucky just ran fucking straight through him. Mm. Just ran absolutely straight through him. And that was a good psychological boost, I think, for the Tigers. Uh, they just seemed to run out of that emotional juice after about 25 minutes. Because Maddo, their target of their passion, was not on the field anymore. <laughs> <laughs> for the Eels, and I know... We, we talk about how the fuck people look at Gutho and give him the, the nickname of anything to do with royalty. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not even sure that he's fucking Archduke Gutho, but he seemed to be very fucking ginger under some high balls that game. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was because he's normally relatively safe, but they were bouncing and he was in the vicinity where he should have been under them. So I don't know what was the go there. Um, but then the Tigers go and do weird shit. Like, they had Parramatta under all sorts, and they get a penalty and take the two. Yeah. It's little moments in games like that that I think the Tigers just need to get better at this season. They're 100% a team that rides waves of momentum, and if they can keep that going for longer periods, they'll have more success. For the Eels, again, little moments for them. RCG's try, that was fucking fantastic. Fucking spectacular, and probably the breaking point for the for the Tigers and their emotions yeah. as well. Yeah, because but, that that was that that came on the back of the Tigers having the ascendancy and having yes. all the running, yes. and that was it was kind of against the run of play. It was a big bust, like probably from halfway. Yep, and just to let a big man, but just to see him stride out like that. Yeah, and. And I do love when forwards get in space like that. You can see them, like, everything they do is a deliberately considered motion. Like, when someone like yeah. Teddy or RTS <laughs> or someone like that makes a break, it's it's natural. It's flair, yeah. it's ability. 
they're just in the zone. But you can, yep. you can see that moment where RCG can feel the tackle coming, so he covers up the ball with the second yep. hand. Everything's just <laughs> textbook. And then like, he's got to realise, he's, he's got to figure out, oh, how am I going to yeah, get my arms out yeah. so I can actually plant the ball down and you know, score the try? It was absolutely fantastic. Um, looking at it, though, the, the Tigers played a, a relatively safe style of football. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that's going to get them far for the rest of the season. The Eels, on the other hand, had Moses come back and he was just, you know, the the fucking disrespectful chip and chase. Yes. And especially for that to come off like it did. He he pulls out his best disrespectful stuff against the Tigers. Yeah. And that's great for a departing player. It certainly is. To do. And, and especially... See, I'm thinking back now. Who was the cunt in that situation when he left? Was he the cunt or did they cunt him? Uh, like, Ivan was kind of cunting him a bit, but I think he was also... Oh, Ivan this... did that too. Fuck, yeah. you're, you're welcome, Tigers. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> oh, this is, I'd forgotten that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, suck my dick from the back, you fucking dumpster fire of a club. Yeah, but I mean, but, yeah, there was also the whole the machinations of Moses and the, yeah, yeah, the players yeah, coming yeah. off at the same time and all that sort of thing. But yeah, Moses uh, Moses didn't get it. Yeah, he definitely had a, a bad taste in his mouth as he left, which is obviously inspiring these disrespectful displays and yeah. and everything just coming off for him against the Tigers. Yeah, that's it. Decent win. All right. Hit some tweets. Stuart Facebook said, there's two kinds of losses Tigers fans have become accustomed to. First, the flogging. Some games you never look like being competitive. You don't really invest much emotion in it. Second is the game that was there for the taking, but we weren't good enough to seal the deal, and it hurts. This one feels like the former masquerading as the latter. The scoreline probably flattered the Tigers. Hmm. Biggest Tiger said, Watching Moses chip for himself and score would have been so amazing for Els fans. Everything he does against us is like disrespectful field goal level snide. It's a great narrative I wish I wasn't on the wrong end of. Yes, that is tough. Uh, Devonhead said, I feel the Tigers forever ninth is bad karma associated with Cockhead himself, Wobby Farrah, and the only way they can shake it is to sacrifice Royal Schnitzel to some chicken god for crimes against them <laughs> and Rugby League. <laughs> Uh, Geo Utes on Twitter said CTE and you the Western Sydney guide to permanent frittataism. Yeah, there were some fucking head knocks in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Gav Eight on Twitter said Harry Grant is the reason why Tigers may finally crack the eight this year, and why they won't next year when he goes back to Melbourne. Yes, that is a bit of a shit deal for them. Uh, Swamp Duck 04 said Rusty ironing out Matto Moses prancing like a peacock Brown punching Bloor then diving like Mitchum Hashtag forever ninth That Bloor debut was a, was a great narrative for the for the Tigers to yeah something to take out of the game as well Yep He's a good young yeah. talent He's a He's- very talented kid and while and, and and while I love the way that he was just you know having a blast out there and smiling and you know getting stuck into into mm. Brown and everything, mm. still that passage of play that the Tigers are really uh, yeah beating themselves to a red raw little nub over was was you know he's got an infectious smile and that's great. But he also gave up a penalty, uh, antagonized Nathan Brown who then ran at him a couple of times and made like ten meters per carry yeah. and yeah. <laughs> like like. If, 
I mean, it was great, and I love the young guy stepping up to you know the the experienced you know alleged hard guy, mm. but you got to see it for what it was. <laughs> there were two sides in that one as yeah, well. Exactly, exactly. But he looks like a good he looks like a good young player though. Oh yeah, definitely is. Okay, you on to the next game? That's it. Mighty Manly Seagulls twenty four defeated the North Queensland Cowboys twelve up at the Abattoir in North Queensland, in Townsville. Uh, Manly's 24 came through tries to Curtis Sheridan, Danny Levi, Daly Cherry Evans, and Cade Cust. Uh, Garrick, four of four conversions. Uh, defeating the Cowboys, 12 tries to Felt and murderous Frank Molo. <laughs> and uh, Kyle Felt, two of two conversions. What? you got to fucking love it. You've got you've to you've love going up there. It's a tough road trip. In 2020, when these teams, you know, via the Corona protocols and everything set out through the Queensland government and Project Apollo, blah, blah, whatever. Yep. Where they've got to go up to North Queensland, day of the game, get the game played in atrocious conditions on an atrocious fucking paddock of a field. Yeah. Um, and, then, yeah and then, yeah, do the job and then, you know, then get the fuck out of there. Mm. Uh you know, with your with your dignity intact, and um, and so it was just one of those games where I, I would have been happy with a win under any circumstances. Yep. Because it was really dangerous. Um, however, the the way they won was fucking great. Cade Custer stepped up, and as as far as I'm concerned, he's won that position. I mean, we'll see what happens when Walker's fit. I mean, it must be close. He was in the 21 for for this week. Um, but for, I mean, I think finally, Daly has a halves partner. Like he did when you know when Blake Green was there, and he actually had someone that could fucking provided a genuine second focal point of attack, so he wasn't having to do everything himself, and he also wasn't the focal point of the defense. Yeah, and um, which is fucking which was which is great. Danny Levi, another his option. I mean, he's Danny Levi. He's got this fucking dart from dummy half thing, and you know, like yep. go for the hero play to score the try. He's got that in him. But now he's finally starting to be more selective about it, and actually, and you know, he saw he strolled over for the easiest fucking try in the world, you know, in this game. Siro um, still putting in the big ones. Uh, it was just a great overall team effort. Even Garrick's kicking goals now. Mm. So, um, as predicted, take a couple of weeks to learn to play without the without the yeah, three of the four <coughs> members of the spine, well, with the uh, the Alex McKinnon spine that they have. Yes, at the moment, but. Uh, Two in a row, and they're actually they're starting to like you can see that they're starting to learn to play with uh, the side that they have available. Spot on. Cowboys play with a lot of passion. I'll give them that. They obviously love Hannay. Yes. Uh, you know, as 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 a, as a guy in and around the club, and obviously he did his time with the club yeah. before they before they mercilessly cunted him, like you know you were talking about earlier with the Broncos doing. Mm. But I mean, you know, the Cowboys. Don't forget they did cunt him and send him down to Cronulla or wherever to yeah, finish yeah, out his yeah. career in reserve grade. Um, the thing that shit me off though was the fucking commentators. I can't even remember who fucking commentated this game, but they were so like riding the Cowboys to do it for Josh Hannay. I mean, I don't know. Josh Hannay must be the most popular fucking guy out there or something. I don't know. He must be a great bloke. Because holy shit, they wanted to, <laughs> they wanted these they wanted these cunts to do something for him, but uh, it wasn't to be. Um, no dead cat bounce on the on the new coach. Maybe next week, fellas. That's it. Well, in the tweets, that was uh, one of the comments. 
the bunk 2099 said only a quarter dead cat bounce from the cows but it's <laughs> obvious that garrick is no turbo good news is he isn't a biscuit either yes that is true but garrick's a winger anyway what are you talking about did you mean elliot <laughs> i don't know what he means i'm not him <laughs> Uh, Andrew, Facebook group said, in commentary, Brent Todd said that the surface was in pretty good shape, except that the grass roots were really short and the ground was really hard. <laughs> so maybe that's the oh, fucking hell. dumb commentator you're talking about. Yeah. Well, well I mean, the, oh, that's, that's the ground, I think. I mean, like the, the, the condition of the ground, it looked great and it wasn't like a you know, like an injurious sort of surface or anything, but just players just fucking, like it was ice skating. Yeah. Like just people, like players losing their feet for the entire fucking game. It was just a shit fucking patch of ground. Uh, Ryan said, solid effort by the boys. DCE should have considered a career in UFC considering how fast he took down that grub Cowboys prick after he got pushed for no reason. Another Who was that again? Who was that? Cowboys game. I don't know, but there's never no reason that DCE gets pushed. Like no, what? no, he, he, no, he did. What, what, you know, what happened was he it was the last tackle, and he took the kick. He kicked, and he got, and you know, the the player came through and yeah, hit yeah. him a bit, hit him a bit late, and sort yeah. of, you know, and was sort of trying to give him a bit of the Cooper Cronk fucking, you know, fuck Barb choke that he, you know, that he put on camera like Cameron Smith, and Daly got up, and then fucking hell, I saw he, I see he learned his judo well, and just put him on his ass so quickly, it was amazing. There you go. Uh, Anthony said, I like Century of DCE, but tonight, hashtag lust for cust was also lust worthy. Lust for cust. There you go. First, you lust for cust. The people who the people who saw his heroics in the, the, the final Holden Cup grand final with that Manly won right in the buzzer against Parramatta. Shout out Timmy uh, McIntyre. But um, the uh, <laughs> Cade Cust was a hero in that game, and we've been waiting for years for him to sort of you know bring that to first grade. A to get the opportunity, and then B to sort of settle in and and you know play his game. And this was the game where he did it. So it went from lust lust for Cust to bust for Cust. Really? Okay, there we go. You may continue with the tweets, sir. That's it. <laughs> I feel like you may have censored them then. <laughs> no, no, um, no. The, the fucking the Manly fans content was that fucking poor after this game you don't have to tell me you don't have to tell me Manly fans pri- are shit cunts I've said it privately I've said it publicly that's it <laughs> yeah fucking <laughs> I think most sane football supporters generally fucking dislike a large percentage of their own fan base <laughs> because just just through just through just general embarrassment yep. uh, for the way that cuts carry on on social media yep. um the melbourne storm 46 to feed the brisbane broncos eight at suncorp uh the storms 46 here we go a double to the fox a double to jerome hughes uh kenny bromwich um Tino Fasimalawi, a double, and Ryan Pappenhausen. Cam Smith, six of eight conversions and a penalty goal. Uh, the feed the Broncos, eight. Uh, try to Herbie Farnsworth uh, and a conversion and penalty goal to Katoni Staggs. Um, it was, it was, fuck, this game was fucking great. It was entertaining as hell to me. And it wasn't because it, was, it, it wasn't like the standard 59-58 nil Broncos smashing that we've yep. been getting. This was a solid probably like 30 minutes of Broncos in it up to their eyeballs. They came out with more intent. They came out with more fucking determination than I've seen out of them since the fucking lockdown ended. Mm. 
whatever was said in training last week was, you know, fucking, it worked because they were a different side. They were running hard. They were defending well. Darius Boyd's all of a sudden fucking remembered that he's a football player. And yep. remember that at one stage he was an auto pick in most rep teams in the back line, you know, albeit probably yep. on a wing. Um, but then there was that thing where they got rattled and all of a sudden everything fell away. It wasn't like you you see occasionally where a, a team has a rough period and they get a couple put on them or a couple of players make a few mistakes and, and put yep. their heads down. It was a team-wide phenomenon that every fucking head in that place dropped and then the floodgates opened. Yeah. And and within that very same game, Darius Boyd forgot that he was a football player <laughs> <laughs> after remembering earlier that evening. <laughs> and then by and, and by the end, after such a promising start and like prom- like they they kinda they, they lost their way just before half time. It was almost like he had the quantum leap guy jump into his body for 35 <laughs> minutes and they'd be like, okay, he's got this. I can leave now and try and get home. And he's <laughs> fucked off and then the normal Darius was back. Yep, yep, exactly. And uh, that was the end of that, mm. unfortunately, for the old Broncos. And then it turned into one of those good old-fashioned carve-ups uh, where, you know, they were great tries, but they were, you know. And this is where you give credit to the Storm. They would have gone into that game thinking, well, fucking Ed, everyone's beating these guys. The Tigers put a thousand fucking points on them. We are obviously going to win this game. They got in there and the weather was against them. So, you know what they say about rain and wet weather? It's the great equaliser. Maybe not an yep. equaliser here, but it certainly brought them closer together. They ran up against a more determined Broncos side. And you could have been forgiven for, for Melbourne getting a little bit rattled. Yeah, but that's where the quality teams and Melbourne are a quality team still. That's where it shines through, and they go, oh, oh, okay. So we we just need to get into the grind here, and we're going to sit down. And even when Brisbane were in the lead, they didn't panic and they just kept doing their storm things. And then eventually, when they felt the swing of the game change, they ah, oh, okay, here we are now. Okay, yeah, they've, they've just bent over and grabbed their ankles, plow away. Well done, Storm. And, and look, you know, as, as much as we say shit about Cameron Smith, though, I mean, the fucking, like, the way he, he stepped up and dominated this game yeah, was uh, was something to see. Mm. And, like, he, he almost, beat, almost beat the Bronx single-handedly in the end. Oof. Hit some tweets. In the Facebook group, Toto said Broncos were actually playing well for the first 30 minutes, then a soft try before the half and their heads went down. There you go. A decent coach would know what to say to pick their heads up and come out firing. We do not have that, and thus a slaughtering was endured for 40 minutes. Hashtag put Milford to the sword. That was the other news article I saw today that uh, allegedly they're trying to offload Milford and Bird. Okay. Who combined could still sit another over a million dollars on their salary cap? Yeah. Okay. I saw the I saw the bird thing, and I saw the like you know they were, he was he was free to go, and they would pay a hefty amount of freight, potentially like you know sort of four or five hundred grand. Yep. 
just to get him off the, off the books. Um, I did not hear about Milford being shot, though. It looks to be a similar thing for Milford. Right. So that that's yeah. a shitty situation to be in when your marquee player, your million-dollar player... And you remember how hard they fucking fought to get him out of camera? Yeah, that's it. Like, it was a war. But for him to know he's not wanted by the club... You know, that's going to make him play better. Yeah. yeah, that's how it always happens. Yeah, exactly. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, <laughs> the fucking Nang Baron. <laughs> Nang Baron said, "Thanks to Brody Croft, I'm no longer the worst thing to come out of Dolby." <laughs> uh, Levius said, "I've never been this excited for a Storm game in my life. If the Brisbane Bombers B team can see another 50 plus, I'll be more erect than Super Grover when he's jerking it to a photo of a V8 supercar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, at Matt Will 1982 on Twitter, said, The best bumming I've seen since my free trial to Pornhub Premium expired. Kevry refusing to hammer Milford in case he's the next coach was a metaphorical dick being wiped on the curtains prior to leaving. If Walters is the answer, what is the fucking question? <laughs> there you go. We've seen a so, bit of that this week too with uh, Broncos fans. Yes. Like, yeah, because obviously, like, there's a lot of speculation, like, the next man up is sort of Kevy. Yep. And, you know, dare, dare I say, though, I mean, he had an agreement at one at one point, you know, allegedly that he would be the coach of the Broncos next. But, um, yeah, not many takers in the Bronco in Broncos land. It, look, we, we went over it last week. I'm not sure a different coach or a new coach. And obviously, Siebes is, has his fucking, uh, you know, um, drawbacks here. Yeah. But I, I don't think changing the coach gets them a remarkably different outcome. No. But, you know, staying with the same coach, though, I don't think, either, you know, it's not going to really move. You know, there's, there, are, there are times when a coach digging in and, and remaining a like, you know, it's like an unsalvageable situation. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's get, that's that's kind of the point we're reaching with Seabol here. Mm. But uh, hey, not my club. Correct. Not my problem. Correct. You got any other tweets? Nope. Right. So that means next up we have the Warriors. Sorry, the Roosters eighteen defeating the Warriors ten at Central Coast Stadium. Uh, the Roosters eighteen tries two. Tupanua, Kiri, and Manu, uh, Flanagan, three of three conversions, and the Warriors, Malmalo and Katoa with tries, and Pompey, one of two conversions. Fucking RIP, my sports bet account. Did you, what did you, what was the, the bet, 13 plus or yes. more? Well, yeah. the, the Roosters 13 plus were, yeah. was involved in a couple of multis. Yeah. Um, every, and every time I got fucked up here, then I'd roll over and be like, oh, that's okay. I'll just make up for it in this one. And the next so one you're I was chasing. Pretty, exactly. I was fucking chasing the dragon. Um, <laughs> and so the, the next one I fucking dumped it into was the Knights and the fucking Bulldogs. <laughs> 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 that's a straight up degenerate shit. <laughs> oh, man. Stepdad's eating spaghetti out of a tin this week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the date's like the fucking surf and turf for 9.95 at the local fucking workers club. <laughs> <laughs> but look, all, yeah, all credit to the Warriors. I mean, the only problem with the Warriors, I mean, who can, you just can't fucking call these guys. 
Mm. I mean, one week they're absolutely slaughtered, like they're never going to win another game. Yep. The next week they show they show heart and they, you know, they're in it up to their eyeballs. It look and again they they had their players leave. They seem to have every excuse to just finally turn around and play shit, but they don't do mm-hmm. it then. Yeah. yeah. So whatever the fuck's going on behind the scenes with them, can you please just let the rest of us know when they're planning on having good games and when they're <laughs> having shit games? Especially those who are <laughs> investing in the outcomes of said games. <laughs> <laughs> and uh. look, you know, you, you look at this Roosters team, and through parts of the game, you know, the, the Warriors had some patches of form. But the, this Roosters team, one of their biggest strengths now is they've got that Melbourne Storm-like big dick swagger about them where they know, okay, we, we can get ourselves into a little bit of a hole here or we yep. can come up against something that's a little bit unexpected. And coming up against a Warriors team like that was a little bit unexpected. But they've got some very simple things that they can go back to and execute very well. And they know and they've got faith that it's going to get them home. They completed at 82%. They only made eight errors for the entire game. You know, the, They're a tight football team. And when you get into those shitty situations, the, the fewer variables you have to control, you know, like you dropping the ball and where you hand the ball over, the better it is. So, um, as much as this well, was an uptick for the Warriors... It still would have been the most pleasing aspect of the game, I think, for for Robinson as well, because the Roosters have looked dominant and extremely comfortable at times in games over the over the last couple of weeks, yeah. and then they've just had this fucking terrible period, like just after half time, yep, where the other team has gotten straight back into the game, or in the case of you know the the Canberra game last week, yep. where that's given them the ascendancy to actually get themselves a lead, yeah. that they could then hold on to, yes. And uh, it's and it it almost was one of those things where it sort of started getting to the point where you think, oh shit, is this you know this is like a habit? Yep. And this is happening like it's it's a it's a recurring thing that's happening yeah you know, every game. Yes. But um, it looks like they've the, imba- the the potential embarrassment of being defeated by the Warriors uh, motivated them. Motivated them and mm. yeah, got their shit together. Mm. Nice one. Um, not many tweets on this one. Winston Bunk said, fucking roosters ruined my multi. How could they not score 13 plus against the choice bros? I feel your fucking pain, sir. I feel your pain. What that means, though, is that this week you just need to double down. Because you know the Warriors <laughs> are not winning two in a row. And As they, they say, the more you put on, the more you get back. And neither are the fucking Bulldogs, for that matter. <laughs> uh, and Bethany said, roosters suck. Storm are better now. We at least were able to put 50 on the Warriors, whereas these nufties couldn't even put 20 on them. All right. Mm. The uh, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 28 defeated the Dragons 24 out of Jubilee. The uh, Sharkies tries to Jack Williams, Sean Johnson, Sione Katoa, Will Kennedy, Aaron Woods, and uh, Sean Johnson, four or five conversions. The Dragons, 24 tries to uh, Fui Maiono, a double to Zach Lomax and uh, Ravalawa. Lomax, three or four conversions and a penalty goal. A little controversial, this one. It's always like the big brother, little brother derby. Yes. So it gets spicy on the socials. Yep. But um, a decision in the game 
by the bunker, which did result in the bunker being uh, stood down immediately, or for the you know for uh, for the next day. I didn't see it as like it, it was one of those it was one of those classic refs fault situations where sure if you added the six points or sorry subtracted the six points from the sharks then the dragons would have won 24 22 mm. but the point where it happened in the game was where the dragons were actually on top yes and I guess they allowed it to dis- you know, to, to to derail everything they were doing. Yep. And despite, I mean, and then they fell significantly behind as well after that point. Um, they did a they did a great job of attempting to come back, and holy shit, they came close to pulling it out on their last two sets with the ball. Mm. I mean, you know, mere you know centimeters, but you can't get yourselves into these situations. I mean, it was an egreg- yeah. it was an egregious error. I mean, like the whole reason the bunker comes in is so the cunts have got all the angles and the the rewind, fast forward, and slow motion, and the rest of it, so they can see blatantly obvious shit like that. Yep. But um, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. And coming from someone whose team built a fucking identity on shitty starts to games letting teams get out to what you would assume is an insurmountable lead and then somehow clawing it back and winning games in the last minute. Like, fuck, I think it was like four weeks in a row. Yeah. When Penrith had that run um, a couple of years back. It's not sustainable. And the counter-argument is that, you know, it's an 80-minute game and as long as you get it done within the 80 minutes, it doesn't matter when you get it done. Well, it fucking does, because at the end of the game, at the very end of the game, you're running on fumes. Yep. Especially if the other team's been ahead and you've been chasing. You're running on fucking fumes. So the chances of you fucking up increase exponentially the longer the game goes towards the final siren. The Dragons are at least playing with a little bit more belief in themselves. Almost definitely. And that goes a long way. I still don't think their halves are doing enough. Um, looking at at how they could be performing and with the strike power they've got. And still with that forward pack, that's a very talented and mobile forward pack. Yep. I think they should be taking much more advantage of the six again rule than they currently are. Um, and they're not a top eight side this year. But, Jesus, what what a fucking change from a couple of weeks ago, it's dire straits and sack the coach and they're not going to win anything else. Yep. To now, all of a sudden, everyone's all optimistic and they can see the improvement week on week and they're happy for everything to keep rolling. Yep, yep, exactly. And the problem the problem with it is that Ben Hunt is, is vastly improved and far better utilised from a, a value-for-money perspective. Yeah where he is as starting in the nine. Yes. But still, there's just some bad fucking options too. Like at the end of that game when it was there for the winning and they were coming on strong and, and putting on the points towards the end. Yeah. There were so many occasions where he just kept persisting down the one side when he had... I mean, Dufty has become so important to that side that he's kind of the guy like like Parramatta want to get it to Sivo. Yep. 
And yeah. like, you know, like the, he's one of these players where he's the player where you want to get it to to yep. try and make some shit happen. Yep. When the chips are down. Yes. And there was, and even though the, even though they were rolling on and they're looking at uh, you know coming over the top of the sharks at the end, there was some, just still some terrible options taken there yeah. in terms of getting the ball in the hands of the people who needed it. Yeah, that's it. Which you, you can't do when you're chasing points. Your margin no. margin for error shrinks massively. Yep. Uh, Troy said, we've fallen into the old Cowboys way of playing. Throw defense out the window and just score more points than the rest. And fuck you all. Hashtag shark hating cunts. Yes, you have. That's exactly how you're playing now. Uh, Winston Bunk said, the bunker could not bunker on the bunkerest day of its life with an electrified bunker machine. Hashtag bunker's fault. Hmm. <laughs> Didn't see the bunker dropping any balls. Uh, Devon Head said, whatever we're paying Lomax and Dufty isn't enough. Hunt and Smooth Corey should be giving up half their pay packets to them. Well, they probably should be. And at underscore JDHD44 said, no excuses for the Dragons. Got gang fucked through the middle and even that useless cunt Aaron, Wood won- Aaron Woods 11 scored. Fuck's sake. Yes, they did let Aaron Woods score and that was the fucking softest try you will see all year. And they oh, yeah, it goes past it goes past the uh, past soft and into the disrespectful try. Yes, category and didn't he love it too? That's it. Absolutely shit stain of a fucking human. Honestly, how hard is that guy to read from week in week out? I mean, he is truly he is truly the 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 most average and worst of rugby league all in a single eighty minute period. Yeah, exactly. I would never say he's the best. I can't imagine a time I've ever seen him be the best on the field. Not at all. But <laughs> Oh, where are we? The Raiders. Mm. The Raiders 18 defeat the Rabbitohs 12 at GIO. Uh, the Raiders tries through Kotrick, Croker, and uh, Semi Valemi. Croker, two of three conversions and a penalty goal. The Rabbits, 12 tries to Gay Guy and Reynolds. Reynolds, two of two conversions. Good grief, Souths are a disappointing football side. They are this year, aren't they? And haven't Canberra actually improved... <laughs> Since the, since Hodgson was injured, yeah, interesting. It's like it's galvan. I mean, is is he a massive cunt or something? Because it feels like the team's galvanised around. Yeah, I, I the don't fact know. He's not or may maybe they just needed a reason. You know, yeah, may, sure. Maybe they just needed something to give them a little bit of fucking starch in what they were doing. Hey, Josh is out for fucking however long. It's a terrible injury. Fucking poor him. Let's all get together and do it for him. Yep. Maybe. You know, who who fucking knows? For Canberra, the, the worry I had with them or the risk I saw for them was that the game the week prior was so fucking draining. Like, you know that was an emotional game for them. Yeah. And you know that they were there, you know, 100% for that Roosters game. But they came out, and while it was far from perfect... They they really got down and and they're getting back into that style of football that that they showed at the back end of last season. Where if they need to get gritty, they can get gritty. They don't have the polish that they showed last year when they were making yep. their run towards the grand final. They had this wonderful style of play where where they could get down and grind with you and grind with you and grind with you, but then all of a sudden out of nowhere just put on these fucking silky smooth offensive movements. And they don't have that this year. But they were doing enough 
Um, and even with the loss of uh, good old Chans in the back, who, what did he end up, didn't he, it, was, it was a compound dislocation. Yep, yep. Oh, everyone got their everyone, everyone everyone got their compound after being uh, teased teased with one with uh, Corey Oates the, the week it, before. Yes, they finally like, got a disgusting. Oh, fucking hell! That's doing that. You know that thing where you, like you you just hear about something, mm-hmm. and it just fucking tingles you right down in the chotus. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Oh, and not a good tingle either. Like that fucking soul shaker. Um, yeah, the the Raiders are winning, but it's not pretty. And the, then the Rabbits, I mean, I'd, they're just a very, I mean, look, they've had their fullback dramas and then injuries to the ones who should be the fullbacks and, and so on, but... Yeah, I feel that that's no longer an excuse. Their inability to generate attack, though, yeah, yeah, is such a is, is such a massive problem. And I mean, you want, we we could say what we want about the whole you know about Seabold, but that was the most beautiful thing about their game last year was their attack. Yes, you know, so. and, and it seems to me that they go away from what they're fucking good at. Like it, South again un, under when under Seabold and, and the early Wayne days, it was get a roll through the middle, just keep rolling, keep rolling, compress them, compress them, compress them, and then all of a sudden we've got you know four of the fastest fucking beings that have ever existed on the planet mm-hmm. over on our left side. Yeah. So once we've compressed the fuck out of everybody, let's spread the ball. Yeah, and like deep, like yeah, yeah. like a deep back line. And uh, you know, numbered up, you know, man on man with the with the defensive line in front of them, yet mm. somehow coming out of the end of the the sweeping yeah. movement with an overlap. But where I think South Sydney are letting themselves down is again over thirty missed tackles in a game. Yeah, and they never had those defensive liabilities in them previously. There's some communication issues across the park with the Raiders, and teams are making breaks far too easily. But I think if they fix that up, they'll go a long way towards giving themselves more opportunities in attack and hopefully putting more points on. Hit some tweets. Uh, Life is a thigh day on Twitter said, The clear shrinkage of my manhood while watching the game live shows that winter penis is a real thing and Canberra in Canberra is now in full swing. (laughs) Fucking good on you for getting out to some live football, sir. Uh, Cat in the Facebook group said, 10th position, time for the super coach to start blaming everyone else while secretly talking to his next club and stripping the (laughs) roster so it's shit when he leaves. Fucking bitter much. Uh, Ian said, an ugly victory as they come. This season is a massive slog. Yes, it is, sir. Uh, And Dan said, why didn't Croker get sent to the bin for picking up that loose ball in an offside position? You don't get any more blatant than that. If he doesn't pick up the ball, South score. That was a cracker kick by Reynolds against the grain and right between the winger and fullback. It's an interesting point. Correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding was that a professional foul needed to be on a player. Oh, shit. I'm wrong. I was going to ask about that. Well, that, 
again, that was just my understanding in that picking up the ball from uh, an offside position mm-hmm. is a penalty. However, it can't be deemed a professional foul because it was not on a player in a try-scoring situation. That was my understanding of it. I may be wrong. Yeah, I mean, professional fouls don't have to be in a try-scoring situation either, though. You know what I mean? They can be anything yeah. like, you know, like run into the, you know, like get, get, you know, a uh, guy takes a quick tap and you tackle him and you haven't retreated the 10 and, you know, that could be anywhere on the field. You know, it's not a try scoring situation there. But, yeah, um, true. But they have to be on a player. I'll have to get clarification. Somebody. Call us NRL HQ. Yes, that's it. Well, this is the thing. I mean, I don't trust the bunker to tell us because I mean, the fuck they know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is that it for the, is that that's it for the it. tweets? Right, uh, in in the second best game of the round, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs eighteen defeat the Newcastle Knights twelve at McDonald Jones Stadium. The doggies tries to Tolman, Fatala Mariner, and Avarillo. Meany with the conversion. Avarillo got a couple. The Knights twelve tries to Heimel Hunt and Sione Matiatia. Uh, Callum Ponga two of two conversions. What a fucking bloodbath! It's a beautiful thing. The dogs. Played that late season doggy style. Yep. And uh, fuck, they did well getting themselves to an 18 nil lead. Yes. They played to the conditions. Yeah. So well. Yep. Or maybe I'm giving them too much credit and the conditions played to their lack of ability and it sort of, it sort of leveled the playing field massively in terms of... Uh, what the teams were permitted to do. I mean, for the doggies, they were permitted to do pretty much everything they could do. Yeah. For the Knights, obviously the handbrake was on a little bit. However, despite that, I mean, defensively, they did a great job for the most part of the game. I mean, the Knights really did start to push them there towards the end. And, I mean, this game was there for the winning for the Knights. That was the other thing. I mean, sure, they got ambushed and and, uh, and, and went down 18-0. But... They were back in this game at 18-12, and I think there was like 13 minutes or something, and they were getting very good attacking position yeah, and winning the general back and forth of the game yeah, all the way up until the end of the match. If, if you look at the stats here, this is one of those games where the stats lines are, a lot of the time are confusing. You know, Newcastle had six line breaks to three. Yep. Included in that, they had nineteen hundred over nineteen hundred run meters to yep. the dogs fifteen hundred. They won almost every important statistical category except the scoreboard. Yep. The Knights missed fifteen tackles all game. The dogs missed thirty three. Yep. And generally, in a situation where one club misses over thirty tackles, you expect to see at least half a blowout against that club. But the dogs held on. Yeah, I would put it to you. That much of those statistics, like the 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 very the negative ones, I reckon a lot of that came in that last twenty minutes when the Knights were surging. Hey, yeah, like in terms of the missed tackles and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That I would love to see a breakdown, like more like but, you know, sort of segment by segment. But, but let let's say the let's say the Knights had had ten. Ah, sorry. Let, let's let's say they had you know four sets. Yep, that's twenty tackles. Yeah. They're not. They're not missing. 
20 out of 30 tackles in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? Um, the, the Knights are really lacking a fucking half that can get them out of shitty situations. Yep. And as everybody knows, I don't think that's Mitchell Pearce. I think Mitchell Pearce has a window at the beginning of a game to really get in and grab it by the scruff of the neck and stamp his dominance on that game. And if he can do that, he is amongst the best halves. He can steer a team around like almost no one else. And he can manage a game exceptionally well. He is not the guy to chase down victories for you. Well, I mean, you know, there there was that that 100-minute game... (laughs) Back in the day where it was the most famously chased down <laughs> game ever. Yeah. <laughs> there was that. But other than that, yeah, I know I agree with you, but the thing that the thing that I really enjoyed about this game more than anything else was I really loved it how the Knights got back to eighteen twelve and it was almost like directly at that moment everything that Kale and Ponga touched from that point on turned to shit. He couldn't get. He, he was he was kicking the ball out on the full. He's dropping it. He's like, like it was just yeah. The pressure the pressure showing on the kid. Well, what, what you know the, the the weight of expectation of the Newcastle Knights fans is showing on him, and um, and the weight the weight of the narrative that they've placed on him is showing. Yeah, and uh, he just wants to be the player that we say he is. Yeah, and he obliged us. Yep. So uh, shout out to Callum Ponga. Mm. Hit some tweets. Jason said, The last 20 minutes of that game gave me flashbacks of last week's game where we let in three tries in the last 15 minutes to lose the game. Thankfully, we hung on today. The season is a write-off for us, but to see the boys put in and really give to teams what they think they can just roll over puts a smile on my face. Sir, don't don't fall, don't fall for this write-off thing. This the, the thing is, this win, like you guys... Are, are superior to the Broncos in for and against. All you need to do is just get some wins up. Yeah, and at, and at the point at the point you get your wins, you you just have to maintain parity with the Broncos. That's it. They're they're never going. You're never going to get enough floggings. The style of play you have in the defence you have. You're never yep. going to get enough floggings that that they're going to beat you in for and against. Correct. They've they've suffered they've suffered like you know a couple of fifty nil games. Yeah, that's this it. season. They're gone. Uh, Phil said, fucking hell, Newcastle. Even the Broncos didn't lose to that rabble. Hashtag RIP my multi. Yes, I feel your pain as well, sir. That Broncos versus Dogs game is going to be so fucking critical. Later in wash the up year. Up the season. I mean, if this... Yeah, the, the Doggies would be two points clear of them at this point. Yeah. Yeah, they would had be. They, had, that re- had that result been reversed, and the Broncos would be almost certainly consigned to their first wooden spoon. Yes. God damn it, Bulldogs. Yep. Eddie said, fuck yes, up the dogs. Let's go on another late season resurgence and narrowly miss out on the eight. Uh, Daniel said, I haven't seen so many hookers go down in 80 minutes since my trip to the Philippines seven years ago. There you go. There's big problems for the uh, for the, for the Knights going forward too. Mm. Lacking, uh, well, I was going to say lacking a bit of depth, but they they weren't. They had fucking sensational depth. It was just that all of their hookers keep getting injured. Yeah, like all of the depth died. Yeah. In the um, game, yeah. Matt said, fuck the hype train, fuck the schoolgirl fuckers, fuck Barrett, fuck O'Brien, fuck my life. There you go. Uh, Danny 
said, what the fuck? What the fucking fuck? I hope O'Brien gives him a heavy case of whoop-ass on the training paddock this week. There you go. To which David replied, suck my dick from the back, you hype-trained pallet-making cucks. <laughs> uh, Mick, first time writer in, I believe, says, I look at this and laugh, then I look at it and laugh some more. He is a dog supporter. Fucking take those moments where you can, sir. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Stacey Gavrilly on Twitter said, Dogs showed something last week against the Dragons and built from there. Knights are going the other way, backwards, with injury problems. Yes, they are. Uh, Boo Vaudry said, Ponga is like an ex-girlfriend who you used to fuck when you were 18. Then you fuck her again in your mid-twenties, only to realise that the only reason she was such a good route is because you hadn't fucked as many girls back then. Hashtag not actually that good. What a fucking analogy, sir. <laughs> and uh, at What a catch, too. What a catch. Ben Dunn, 43, said, The Knights are just rugby league fans that want to see the Broncos get the wooden spoon. I, for one, applaud their loss. There you go. Flying the flag for your shit cunt brother who fucking Judas us all and said he didn't know us when he needed to move to America. Fancy moving to America at this time, though. Well, you know, Jeez. they say that one twin gets all the smarts. Yep. The other twin just gets anally raped by dildos. Yep. Mm. <laughs> Panthers 22 defeated the Titans 14 at Hope Solo Coliseum. The uh, Panthers 22 came through tries to Mansour, Crichton, Isaiah Yo, and Malachi Wateni's Lesniak. Fucking Malachi. Three, uh, three or four conversions for Cleary. Uh, Titans 14 tries to Fogarty, Kelly, and Don. Ash Taylor, one of three conversions. Did it's, you get down to this one? No, I didn't. Just getting tickets was too fucking hard. It was garbage weather too. It was garbage weather. I had the young fellow with me, and I'd been down to the coast. Um, it was my... Young niece's first birthday the day before, so I'd already been to the Gold Coast once. Yep, and that's more than enough for anyone. That's more than enough for anyone. Um, I've lost my train of thought. This Panthers were th- pushed mightily by the Titans, despite dominating in the first uh, exchanges, and... The Titans were really only... Like, the Titans were getting bent over so bad, this was looking like it was going to be a 50. Yeah. One of those sorts of games. And then uh, then Fogarty got the got the intercept, went length of the field, scored the try. Yeah. And then it still resumed. The analing resumed again with that try from Isaiah Yo, I think it was. And still, the Titans managed to somehow find a way to come back and actually make it a game at halftime. The Titans seem to always want to get up against the Panthers, you know, even from their very, very early days. Um, you know, Preston Campbell didn't leave the club on bad terms. Yeah. But bef- I guess even before revenge games were a massive thing, you'd, you'd always want to get one back over, over the old club. This game was, was a danger spot for Penrith. A, they had some massive fucking outs, like almost half the team was out. Uh, yep. And there were a couple of moments in this game that it was fucking the ghost of Panthers past turned up and fucking haunted me. And it was things like Mansour doing dumb shit on the wing in defense. Yep. The positives out of that, though, 
is where previously, if we let a team like the Titans get back in, it was especially dangerous if it was a team that we should have beaten easily. Those were yeah. the games that we'd struggle in. But the guys showed again that they can just get back to their game plan, stick to a little bit of resolve, and get the win. It wasn't something that they'll look back on and be 100% proud of. But there was enough actual fucking hard-nosed, pull your fucking socks up and get in and do some hard work performances by enough of them that I'm not unhappy with the result. Especially the fact that, again, it was another opportunity for Nathan Cleary to get in, grab the ball, demand it when he wanted it, and really make sure that he led that team around because he was instrumental in that second half in keeping them in the game. And your old mate Isaiah. Most underrated man in rugby league, apart from James well, he actually, Harris. He actually he actually uh, came back to, to try and reclaim that crown exactly. in this game. Exactly. But he won't get it. That's how you know, criminally underrated he is. So it's ironic. It's bitter. But uh, that's what you get, Isaiah. Um, the Nang Baron said, This game is an example of being let down by not having a big forward pack. Looking forward to next year when our new recruits come. Fucking you would be. Shanta said, An understrength Panthers get through what would have been in seasons past back-to-back shit-the-bed games and keep on rolling. My Penrith trauma- traumatic stress disorder was well and truly triggered by this game, but I'm sure the doctor at Kingswood Station could prescribe me some healing crystals to help with it. He fucking could too. Uh, Sharky Dave said, all shit aside, that was a really mature display from young Nathan. Kicked long early and kept turning the Titans around. Really showed up Pierce today for the fraud he is. Didn't he just? Uh, Rishi said, Source drops the ball on our line. The opposition scores straight away. It's 2019 all over again. We can dig our way out of this, but bloody hell, even the Titans don't just hand out wins. You still got to, you know, play good and stuff. Uh, Norts said, pleasantly surprised with this game. We didn't suck as much as the Knights. No, you did not. <laughs> Fat Harry Lazy said, that was a real dig from the boys. Had it all against us. Future immortals on the sidelines. Ref gifting Titans tries. Nothing can hold back the hashtag Eerie of Cleary. I fucking love how hard he is leaning into this. Well, I mean, he has to. He, I mean, he has to, really. I mean, it's his thing, right? So, well, it's, it's, it's his baby. It's the pending hashtag of the year and has now gone mainstream which I mean it's being used elsewhere outside the realms of the show with the official Yeah, I mean ma- mainstream I mean it's 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 just outside. I mean it's like saying it's 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 a bit over the top to say mainstream. I mean like another podcast used it on their on their Man. Twitter account or something. See? Why why do <laughs> you have to go and be like that? Well, I'm just saying. I mean, this this is the problem. Like the hashtag, the player, all of don't this be is. That guy. just there's a lot. There's just, just a lot don't of. Don't be that guy. It, it's not fun at parties. It's not fun. The here. way the way the way you're speaking about the hashtag and the player that inspired it is the same way that Knights fans speak about Callum Ponga. That's who. That's what you sound like. Okay, I'm just giving. I'm just. Oh, I'm. T- I'm just telling you yeah. this as a friend. Well, the the way a vegan patty's cooked to put on a burger is the same way a beef one's cooked. Doesn't make them the same. Doesn't make them taste the same. So we are I'm not. The, you, we are not the same, ho. We are not the same. I'm telling you, they 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 look the same. They smell the same. I wouldn't take a bite of the filthy motherfuckers either way. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to comment on the taste. 
But uh, if it looks like a shitty vegan burger and smells like a shitty vegan burger, then it's probably got headgear over its fucking surprise rang and noggin. Yeah, I mean, you know, the obviously if headgears you know came with large customizable chin straps, <laughs> perhaps we'd see some on there as well. Previews coming up for round 12 of the 2020 NRL season. First game we have is the Dragons take on the Rabbits on Thursday night at uh, Jubilee. The uh, Dragons side, Adam Clune and Trent Merrin both in the concussion protocol. They miss out. That sends Hunt to halfback, McInnes to hooker, and Jackson Ford to lock. Jordan Pereira back from suspension, replacing Saab, and uh, Tarek Sims returns with uh, Fuimono benched. Tristan Saylor on the interchange in 17. And the Rabbits. Latrell returns. Alex Johnson goes to the wing. Corey Allen drops out of the 17. Liam Knight and Patrick Margot are in with Jack Johns and Harmi Selly out. We speak about the disappointment of the Rabbitohs at the moment. I'm 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 loath to tip the Dragons with the changes they've had. I mean, you know their recent good spurt. I feel is you know kind of predicated on Ben Hunt nine, Adam Clune getting more game time, that sort of thing. Mm. So I don't know if they're going to be able to maintain what they've been doing lately. Yeah. However, there is a great opportunity for them here. Because, as we've said, Souths are very disappointing lately. Yeah, they are. Can they turn it around? Are they going to turn it around now they go, they've go? they got Latrell back? The- I mean, is he going to be dynamic in attack? Is he going to be in position in defence? I, th- I think the risk-reward on that is interesting because if you look at, at Latrell, he's been a min-max addition for them 100%. Yeah, for this season, he's had those games where he has been fucking amazing. Latrell, that's been throwing super cutout passes to to put guys into space, or he's been that Latrell that fucking drops it every time he goes near the ball. So which which one shows up to play? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that Dragons pack is going to be able to handle the Rabbits pack, and and I say that understanding that they've been disappointing as well but they had a big game last week against Cronulla and for them to back it up yeah. against another you know fairly large and an aggressive forward pack is going to be a tough ask I think this one will come down to the quality in the halves and that's where Souths have it all over the Dragons so I'm going to yeah. tip Souths I mean, as disappointing as Souths have been, I mean, it's just as likely to, to come out and, and smash the Dragons in this game. Yeah. But I still consider it to be a big opportunity. It's unfortunate that the the, uh, the concussions that have robbed the Dragons of their, their it's seemingly their best lineup, but mm. it's still an opportunity to get the Souths, to get the Rabbits when they're, you know, they're, they're kind of down. Yep. 
The Tigers take on the Warriors in the pub slot. Um, this one taking place at the SCG. 21-man squad for the Tigers sees the return of Alex Twal into lock, Luke Garner to second row, and uh, Russell Packer was suspended in Cheekam, which we didn't mention in the actual game, and knocked the fuck out. And, um, fuck, that was only- sickening. That was so fucking bad. Yeah, because it wasn't just like a knockout. It was also like a, you know, like a breakdancing battle at the same time. Was from uh, from Cheekam, and uh, that shit was. um, And we don't considering the nature of the the game. I mean, we don't see that kind of thing too much, thankfully, because I mean it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, Eisenhuth is out. McIntyre drops the bench. Uh, McKayley's back after missing last week, and Josh Reynolds returns from suspension. Uh, in 18 at the moment. So the whole musical chairs from Madge. Yep. Seems to be continuing at the moment. Mm. And for whatever reason, he seems to be stuck on Benji and Billy Walters for now. Well, you know, it hasn't, hasn't been a terrible combination. No, but I mean, like, they still leak the tries. Yeah, they you do. Know, like, it just it just seems like if, if they leak a try, then they're gone next week. Yep. Because there's sort of no pick and stick, but, yep. you know. Mm. The Warriors. Okay, so this week is a thing we didn't cover in the news, in the news but uh, the Eels have actually uh, thrown them some players. And not only that, I mean, they've thrown them some uh, players that have been in their first grade side this mm. season in George Jennings and Daniel Alvaro. Yep. And so they'll come straight into the side. So Jennings goes straight to the wing. Daniel Alvaro uh, will start from the bench. And... Um, the big losses, of course, uh, last week was the last game for um, David Fusatua and Ken Malmalo. Yep. So they've headed back to New Zealand. So um, Herbert comes in on the wing as well. Um, Wade Egan uh, comes on the interchange and replaces uh, Chanel Harris-DeVita. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd, I'd love to tip the Warriors because you, you look over those, those teams and in a non-Rona lockdown world... That Warriors team is still stacked with fucking talent. I don't certainly can you know when you compare it to the Tigers, like it's it's like you look at them on paper and go, yeah, these teams are uh, not evenly matched, but you know there's a yeah there's a contest there. Yeah, that's it. Um, but I can't go past the Tigers here. You know what? This is the type of game. I mean, based on the Warriors last week, and uh, this this is the type of game where like the Tigers are going to get a significant for and against bump, and they're probably going to win by fifty. Yep. It's just this just seems to be the way of the of the Warriors season this year. Yeah, that's it. The Broncos take on the Sharks at Suncorp Stadium. The Broncos side more changes abound. Brody Croft is out injured. Milford moves back to five eighth. Darius Boyd moves back to fullback. Jesus Christ! And uh, Herbie Farnworth moves to centre. Richie Kenner returns to the wing from injury. Jake Turpin's back, and uh, Corey Pakes drops out of the seventeen. Uh, Isaac Luke and Ethan Bullimore return on the bench with Tyson Gamble and Jamal Hopalade cut out of the 17. So Darius at fullback, that means yeah. every line break equals a try. Essentially, yes. Yes. Okay, good. Remember Darius at fullback the last time he was at fullback? It was wonderful. It was that glorious era where we you'd get all the memes and the and the gifs of him just just diving out of the way like to to ensure that he had no no possible you know, like he wasn't within a within a mile of the player who was going to score the try. That's it. 
Sharkies, uh, Dugan's back. There'll be 200th game in the NRL. Bryson Goodwin drops to reserves. Connor Tracy uh, on, joins. Yeah. Are they not pro rataing that shit? Is that the like? Well, the- you say, you're saying you're saying the he has to spend a certain amount of a single game on the field for it to count as a game. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I see it. I, got it. I don't yeah. hate it. So it's his fucking twelfth game. Let's slow your roll. <laughs> fucking green whistle fiend. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Where it was. Uh, Connor Tracy joins uh, Johnson in halves. Chad Townsend injured, of course. Rudolph starts at lock with uh, Talakai and Williams both benched. Mm. Look, anyone but anyone but Brisbane, really. Yes. There's not a single scenario where you could say where you could confidently tip the the Broncos this season, and I don't give a fuck who they're playing. Add, and add to that, they're travelling. Hey, oh. oh, hang on. Are they? Are they? Are no, they no, they, yeah. Well, oh, well they travel. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. It's its own call. Travelling to Milton. Yeah, that's it. But, yeah. <laughs> Big trip. You know, th- there's a lot going on inside that club. It's the week after Fafita's said that he's leaving. Uh, yep. You know, really, how motivated is he? You ever wondered if someone could be less motivated than you've seen out of that Broncos team? Now's your opportunity <laughs> to find out. <laughs> he's not even playing, though, is he? Or is uh, he? I don't know. He's still injured, isn't he? Probably. Fucking cat. But the Sharks' strength is in their forward pack. But also in that right-hand side, when you get Johnson running through and Ramian, who's just fucking big and powerful, and the Broncos are going up against that. Yep. So one of I mean, to their to their credit, they've removed Darius Boyd from that equation. Yeah, that's true. At least on the front line. <laughs> <laughs> look, yeah. there's. I can't imagine. Look, this may sound like a contradiction, but like, I can't imagine. A scenario where the sharks, where 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 the sharks can lose this game. That's it. However, I can definitely imagine scenarios where the sharks would be the type of team to lose this game. Yes, <laughs> like I, it it shouldn't happen in any any kind of society, normal society. But this is 2020. Yes, and. Uh, I'm still not tipping the Broncos. Hell no. Oh, no. where are we? What's next? The Roosters take on the Titans. Saturday afternoon, the SCG. Brett Morris is out. Ryan Hall replaces him. Gold Coast Titans, what do they got? Hipgrave comes in for Sam Stone, the second row, and Lasorni replaces Whitbread on the interchange. Mm-hmm. Oh. Good performance I, last week from the Titans. Not going to be good enough to take out take out the Roosters. It's um, not. It's just not. The, the Titans have had some performances this year where they've stepped up. Uh, you know, they did it against the Broncos. Yep. They they did it against Penrith. I'm not sure they've got enough in them to, to step up here. And and doing it back to back to back as well is not something that they've shown us they can do either. Hmm. So if we consider last week to be their good performance, then ergo, this one should be flat. It, you put your house on it. Yeah, no, you did that last week. And now look at you. You're fucking broadcasting from a fucking shipping container. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> covered, covered in the detritus of Ukrainian sex slaves. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which, you know, all in all, hasn't worked out too badly. <laughs> it's it's kind, of, kind of an upgrade if you think about it. <laughs> That's it, you know. I've, I, I got one of those nice curtains from that fucking Liam Neeson movie where he's chasing, <laughs> looking for his daughter. <laughs> yeah, what was that? What was that movie about? When those guys they 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 they, they had taken his daughter. Uh, what they call? <laughs> um, oh, she'd gone somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like they grabbed her and just took off. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I took an something. I think it was the guys that stole the daughter. <laughs> took an. <laughs> <laughs> Tooked. The tukta. <laughs> Toke. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Cowboys take on the Raiders at uh, at the, the 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 abattoir, as it's known now, uh, after some uh, some terrible performances. The uh, Cowboys side. Lemulu replaces Mitch Dunn in the in the centres. Jordan McLean pushes uh, murderous Frank to the bench, and uh, Ruben Cotter is out, and Hampton is out of the seventeen as well. Uh, the Raiders. Rapiner comes in for Nickel Clock to start at full fullback. Curtis Scott is recalled to the centres, with Nick Kotrick moving to the wing. Bateman is back with Hudson Young shifting to lock, and Kai O'Donnell out, and. The new appointment of Corey Harawiranaira makes his club debut on the bench with Harley Smith Shields dropping to reserves. What a fucking in. Like, I am a massive CHN fan. Um, if I do have a comment about him, can be that sometimes he tries a little hard. Like, sometimes he'll just push it when he doesn't need to. Yep. That's the risk for him going into this game. So as long as Ricky can temper that a little bit, and just give him a very simple role to play, he should be absolutely fine. And I think it will suit the style of football that Canberra play. You know, they've, they've got some very big forwards that roll up the middle. So having him lurking around the edge, he's yep. just as adept at, at picking up short kicks that, that, uh, that a hooker or, or a half can put through. And I don't want to talk, like CHN is going to be the make or break in this game. He's not. He's coming back from a very, very long time on the sidelines. No football under his belt. Has been absolutely it's fucking solid. Solid that he's managed. Solid that he's forced his way into the side, though. Yeah, or or it could just be that Ricky's gone. Okay, well, if we're going to need you for a push late season, we'd better start getting you fit now. I think the lack of reserve yeah. grades got more to do with him playing first grade than. Than his ability, you know, he, his natural ability can't be denied. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you'd be guaranteed that if he if he had a reserve grade to go to, that's where they'd bring him up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in in saying that, I'm going to tip the Raiders in this one. Yep, I'll be tipping the Raiders as well. Um, the Mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Penrith Panthers. Just goes to show, like how how little. With this weird ass season, just like even just looking at the drawing shit, I was actually like taken by surprise mm. that that was this week. That, that was this was this, this weekend. I mean, obviously, recent form, both sides have been. Uh, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been good. Panthers have been great for you know pretty much since the fucking uh, since the bat hit the hit the fork. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know they've you know be, uh, suffered suffered a couple of injuries that have kind of you know certainly reduced their 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 effectiveness over the last couple of weeks, and they've had some uh, some pretty close games against teams that don't deserve to be kept close in a contest. Mm. 
in uh, in the Cowboys and the and the Gold Coast Titans. Mm. So, um, in a in an injury affected season, it's the best time that this game could have happened for 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 Manly, I think, because it sort of you know two weeks ago we had everybody out and you were pretty much full strength. Yeah, and that's now. It. We've got everybody out still. <laughs> but, however, you've got a couple of out as well. So yeah, that's it. So it's going to be a fucking massive, massive um, task for Penrith to to well, get I mean, over if, this you one. Know, if you're if you're a betting man, and we've established that you most certainly are, I mean, <laughs> you would certainly want to put all of your money on Penrith to win this one, and uh, and and win it well. But um. Well, this, this is what, and I, and I put this to you today. I proposed a, a fucking bet for us to have because, you know, you go on to the good old days where I'm going to do some, you know, pathetic cuck shit like let you paint my face or, you know, <laughs> whatever fuck the, the last one used to do. Uh, but I put to you that there is a very uh, professional-looking young lady on Twitter, uh, at call Charlotte X, who claims to be, and this is an unsubstantiated claim, I know, you know, but she doesn't look like the sort of lady that goes around making (laughs) frivolous claims. Yeah, I mean, it is the internet after all. Exactly. And people have standards. (laughs) She claims to be Australia's pegging queen. Yeah. Not interested in that at all. I put to you... (laughs) <laughs> that the loser of this match, next time we are allowed in Sydney, because she's in Sydney, ends I up... Like, I didn't even look that far, yeah. Taking a pegging as a visual representation of what the other host's team has done to their soul. <laughs> now, and on, uh, on her website... That is, yeah. Oh, you've, you've gone to her website, have you? Oh, she got a website. She has strap-ons as small as DCE's dick. So she has little three inches that she can start you off on. <laughs> if you want to do it, you can, you know, you can do it doggy style or you can do it fucking, you know, enema style legs up in the air. <laughs> You've really gone to the website. <laughs> 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 I've done more research for this section of the show than I did for I any feel, of the games coming up. I was going to say, and it, it, it feels like the, the only problem is, like, I, f- I feel like that you would prefer if this game were like if Tom Travoyovich was playing, <laughs> because I feel like this is something that's that's more more some more a niche that you're looking to scratch <laughs> than than anything else. <laughs> No, I'm just I, I love an analogy. I fucking love an analogy. You you put the anal in analogy. Now it's it's not like I'm demanding to peg you. Lord knows you've been there and uh, and pegged men in the past. <laughs> well, that's just called butt sex, you know. I mean, <laughs> but <laughs> well, I was talking more about the forehand you put on. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, inside baseball. But but this is 
this is my my proposal that uh, that we let our good friend at uh, call Charlotte X peg the loser. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll even put it on my OnlyFans. That's uh, that's that's degenerate shit that the likes of uh of Chapo would agree to and then renege on. Exactly, and you're twice the man that he is. Yeah, I don't agree. I don't bet on football. Period. Fuck. <laughs> Honestly, Sad. I think that uh, I think I think that that Avatar bets are the fucking lowest form of uh of uh of stupidity going around. But uh, that's that's second. So what, and, uh, what you're of course, saying is thirteen plus. I should throw this bet out to Levius and Giannis. I think that fucking Giannis owes him a pegging. <laughs> Honestly, he had his Twitter account. Okay. okay. <laughs> that would be that. That's probably the only fucking the only uh, permutation of an avatar bet that I've ever seen, and I've looked at the result of it and gone, "Yeah, that's actually fucking hilarious." I don't know. You know, the uh, the audience would would love it. It would go down as one of the top ten moments ever. And, and what? And when have I ever given? When have I ever? Giving you the impression that I give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay. I can tell you're scared. That's all right. Look, frankly, I'm not the least bit interested in a pegging from a fucking dominatrix. You, however, are extremely interested in a pegging from a dominatrix. So, if there's some well, way that you want well, to engineer this bet, bet, take the if bet. There's, if there's if there's some way win. you want to engineer this this bet so that you get pegged no matter what. I'm very happy to do that. No. No, no, no. Look, I don't even want to be in the room when it happens, but I want to be standing outside so I can hear it. (laughs) Yeah. I want to be standing outside that door and looking at it and experiencing firsthand fucking Schrodinger's sphincter (laughs) because until I open that door... Your sh- your sphincter is both a virgin and not a virgin. <laughs> Take the bet, you fucking cuck. No, I don't think I will. Okay. That is uh, absolutely fucking ridiculous, degenerate shit, and I will not lower myself to uh, to your Saturday standards. <laughs> Penrith thirteen plus. Uh. Penrith should win 13 plus, but you know what? I just don't think they're going to. I think they're fucking due for a loss. Fucking big talk when nothing's on the line. Well, there's a, there's uh, two points on the line, sir, in the NRL 2020 season. Yes, but you're not, you're not giving you could, those points. And but- you could, and you could, but you could create any bet you want. But you wanted to create some fucking degenerate fucking bullshit, so unfortunately, the fucking, I must decline. The, the, those those two points are not being slowly slid into your balloon knot. Exactly. So, so and that's that's exactly the and that's exactly the way I'd like <laughs> to keep it. <laughs> the doggies take on the eels at ANZ Stadium. The uh, doggies. What do we got here? Tim Laffey is back with the doggies and he's named in the centers. Kerrit Holland gets pushed to the reserves. Um, who we got there uh, on the bench? Cogger and Suaso Su join the bench. 
and uh, Tomaga and Wakem are o- omitted. Oh, sorry, mm. Tomaga goes to reserves. The Eels, Kane Evans and Oregon Kafusi are back on the bench. Takarangi and uh, Stefano Toki Kamanu drop to the reserves. Look, doggies, you did us a solid last. You, you did us a solid last week. Yep, massive solid. With Mitch Moses back in the side, the Eels starting their starting their role towards the you know the business end of the season. I don't think you're going to play the spoilers this week, guys. No. The uh, the the Eels are not the doggies. Oh, sorry, are not are not the Knights. Um, so. I think the Eels are going to win. Yes. And, dare I say, they're going to win fairly well. Yes. Storm, take on the Newcastle Knights at Sunshine Coast Stadium. The Storm, what do we got here? Sevy replaces Brenko Lee in the centres. Uh, Eisenhuth replaces Momorowski on the interchange. And the Knights, Chris Randall is named at hooker, to which I say, who the fuck's that guy? Um, McCulloch looks like it's a season-ending injury. Connor Watson uh, is probably season-ending too, isn't it? Yeah. Looks and, like it. Uh, Phoenix Crossland, Josh King joined the bench. Sione Matauti is out, and Guerra returns to the starting side in the second row. Too much disruption for the Knights. Mm. Even if it wasn't, even if, like, Macca was, uh, was there... Mm. There's still no way I'd be inclined to tip the Knights to win this game. I mean, they need to they need to pull something out. I mean, because their performances have been pretty average for probably the last four weeks, maybe yeah. three to four weeks, and it's getting to the point where they were like a lock in. They were, they were locked in top four side, and now they're well. Now they're in the in the in danger of slipping out the back of the eight mm. because I think they're one point ahead of of the pack that sort of you know trade wins each week and could be could it finish the round anywhere you know from seventh to tenth so once the once the once the uh the knights get behind that pack one point behind that pack of teams mm. then their job becomes that much harder yeah yeah the, the the knights were running a lot i feel on on emotion and energy and that's all fine and well and and you can definitely do that and and win a, a range of football games at different stages of the season that way but again, every season, this is where you start to see the, the milk and the cream separate. Those teams, like your Melbournes, like your Roosters, uh, that when they don't run on energy, they fall back and run on processes. And I don't feel as if the Knights just have that level that they can drop down to that might not be their best game, but is consistent and predictable and they know what they're going to do throughout the course of 80 minutes. I don't think they've got that in them just yet just yet and the disruptions they've got to their personnel make that even more of a difficult thing to get so yeah. I'm I'm with you I don't think there's any way I can tip the Knights here oh and that's it for the round mm. so there you go unlucky Knights Okay, mailbag this week. Let me find my fucking notes. It's all uh, it's all askew thanks to this uh, this Rona separated uh, mm. fucking episode. I've lost them. Here we go. Okay, so the mailbag this week. Um, 
First up from Aaron uh, said, I'm surprised it really hasn't been discussed in the media, but how about AFB's back down on getting the needle? The prick buckled quicker than the button on my jeans. Well, I would actually challenge you to to actually find anywhere that said that he got the he got the uh, the jab. I'm not I'm not convinced he did. I'm not convinced that he didn't just get like a you know like a, a dispensation or a exemption or you know how they were doing that rolling those exemptions out and things for the yeah. camera guys and things like that. I because the the club said that they weren't going to force him to to do anything, and mm. uh, and generally like. When I saw other players talking about it, they were like, you know, that's that's his business. You know, he does he'll he'll do what he's going to do, yeah. and he had no pressure. And there was never anything that said, oh, he got the jab. It was just that he'll be allowed to play. So I'm not I'm not even certain that he that he even got the jab. But mm. if he did, I'm much I'm much more. I was saying this to you know talking to people. You know, like manly fans and things like that and if he had a i mean because it was a dumb thing to get it was a dumb thing to cop the two weeks for calling the the ref the, the fucking retard even though he was um and so really lose like missing a third game based on that whole shit it would have just been the fucking death blow i think just for you know a lot of fans sort of perception of him and like the only way i was saying the only way he could possibly win people back after after losing you know after losing two weeks of gameplay would be to say, look, it's against, you know, what I believe, but, you know, I, f- I feel like I owe the boys, blah, blah, blah. I owe the, you know, I owe the team. You know, and, and then, so as a result, I'm going to do this and do that. But, I mean, he may have done it. And, I mean, that was the net result anyway because he played the game and was, you know, a key member of the team you know, in that game. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he did. But if some, but you know, if someone, uh, I, I looked up all the articles I could to see if there was actually any mention of him actually getting the the shot, but I couldn't. They, nothing, none of them actually stated that, so I'm not. I'm honestly not sure. Um, Trent, given the Broncos have missed out on Fafita, who should they target next? I find it interesting they're at the Titans Bulldog stage of having to pay clubs to take players, um, e.g. Bird, and likely pay overs or take risks to get quality players. For example, Foran is being flouted as an option. Obviously a huge risk given his injury history, but can they get anyone better? Might just be captain of the rehab team to show them how to work off the field. Mm. I don't think they should target anybody next. I mean, the first thing that they need to do is clear these fucking big money, no performance contracts yeah, from their books. that's it. Then, and only then, can they start thinking about who's next. Yes. And that's it, not an immediate future. That's who's off contract at the end of next year. It's, it seems to be, and, and it would be one interesting thing that a draft would give um, to the NRL. If you look at all of these sports that have drafts or have relegation or or things like that, when they're going through a rebuild, fans tend to put up with it for a little bit longer because the shit performances have a benefit. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the NRL, as soon as there's a... The whole a period, tanking for a draft pick. That's it. But as yeah. soon as there's a, a period where where there's below par performance, fans want something done that turns it around. And that's got us into this situation where it is kill the coach, um, you know this player is not working here, change their position, move this around. It's completely reactionary and people want to change one week and a markedly different performance the next week. And which which gets you these situations like in uh, the Tigers where, exactly. you know, Benji's dropped, Luke, Luke Brooks has dropped, you know, uh, Reynolds is put into the halves, uh, but then he gets suspended, so we'll put in, the, you know, our, our 
our second choice hooker in you know in five eighth and shit like that you know and then and then the Broncos where it's like you know Osako's in the side Osako isn't in the side Osako's a fullback now Darius is a fullback um, yeah just shit like that mm. and uh, yeah look and then look the the flip side of that reactionary shit is if you look at the Dragons. At the start of the season, it was like Dufty is, you know, potentially not going to be, you know, he's going to be moved on or whatever. But then they like there's they're like like oh Lomax is fullback now Lomax isn't fullback. We'll sack him after one game now. Dufty is and I will sack him after one game. When they actually showed some fucking consistency and let the and, and left the guys in the positions for a couple of weeks in a row. Yeah. And Dufty's one of the form players. Yep. And he's a game changer for them. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is what they wanted mm. because fucking you know surprise surprise they gave him the opportunity to. To learn his combination, yeah, yeah. position. So I don't think the Broncos should necessarily be targeting anyone next. They should be getting these yeah. useless cunts that are paying nine hundred to a million and and more to, yeah, off the books. Yep. And then they can start truly rebuilding because then they will truly have the funds to do so. And and realistically, who's out there at the moment that you chase? Yeah. I mean, I don't think Foreign's the answer for everyone. I mean, he's playing fucking great at the moment when he's on the field. Yes. And man, he's Too much like- risk. Too much risk. Like, you're like half a game. You're half a game out of the guy. Yeah, that's it. Like, he busts the fucking you know? toe. Yeah. You know? And, and I'm not saying that that doesn't hurt, but- I mean, even Josh Dugan looked at that and was like, man, that guy's a pussy. Yeah, exactly. But- And that guy sat out a game with a boil. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying- <laughs> but if the Broncos go chasing now, yeah, that that's how you end up in a situation like the Dragons were in, where they just they needed a half and they were going to throw stupid money at whoever was available, and that's how they've ended up with a million dollar a year hooker. Yep. You know, so the it would be silly, I think, for the Broncos to go to to market at the moment when there's not somebody that they want to target. Yep. Uh, Graham said, "This is absolute bullshit." The NRL are letting the Rooters register SBW for 150-ish thousand after assessing his value at 400k. Where is some waiting for the finals? You could argue at least 75 percent of anyone's value is in the finals, plus the additional matches he'll be playing. He's playing four matches for 150, which prorates his value to 900k, sir. So your initial assertion is incorrect. And uh, yeah, we went through all the rest of this earlier in the show. Yeah. Look, Andy, sorry. It, it's easy to be outraged, yeah. you know, but pick your battles. What, what do I want to say? Remember that all of the fucking stories you've seen about this are fucking clickbait. They want you to click on it mm-hmm. and get fucking outraged about it and not sit down and think before you even open it, well, oh, hang on. Yeah, if he's paying, being paid this much for this much as this, and you know what? If he'd never played for the Roosters, yeah, then you might have the gripe. But he's obviously got solid relationships with very powerful people at the club, including Uncle Nick. And and if I was coming back from overseas, if I just spent however long overseas doing something for my career, and I had the opportunity to come straight back to a place that I was familiar with, you know, that that's a little added benefit for me too. So yeah. Like, I, I get it. He's not at everyone's club. He can only go to one club. There's really no smoke here, man. Yeah. And realistically, I mean, what other options were there for him? I mean, maybe, like, go back to the dogs as, like, a redemption-y sort of, you know, bookend storyline, but... Really? <sighs> but, you know. Here's the thing. If the Bulldogs 
had a young pack of forwards, like a young up-and-coming pack of forwards, then I reckon maybe you could have sold that to SBW as go back and be a mentor. Yeah, yeah. However, the Bulldogs don't have that. They've got a forward pack of past their prime fucking plotters Mm -hmm. that should have retired a couple of years back and are still playing rugby league like it's 2014. Yeah. And they're not the guys that are going to sit there and drink in the wisdom of Sonny Bill to improve their careers. No, exactly. Instead, you can get get a buck fifty for yeah, exactly. potentially you know winning a grand final. Spot on. Or at least playing finals football again. Yeah, it's fucking Gaznier all over again. Yeah. Well, Gaznier was a different situation though because they sort of had him at full freight, and then they back ended him. And then they back end, yeah, they they back ended it for you know for more money and uh, and less up front, and then he retired after taking the less part and didn't uh, and, and didn't fulfil the part of the yeah that's it you know it's just uh, yeah fucking cunts. Um, and he said, how much would you want your your club in theory to pay Milford? I think a decent coach could get vo- good value out of him at say six hundred k. I think a decent coach could get good value out of him at nine hundred or whatever the fuck he's on now. Yeah, but. That environment is clearly not great, and uh, you know, who could could Craig Bellamy get something out of him? I don't know, probably. Let's not forget, Milford was part of a halves pairing that took their team to a grand final, and he had took that, their team to within a tackle of winning a grand final. That's it, and had that grand final all but won, mm-hmm. except for maybe a, a ten minute lapse in game management where they started playing defensive footy. Yeah, a, which could have little, been which could have been instructions early. from above too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, um, you you don't really look at halves pairings in in grand finals and say that either of them are busteds. Yeah, but I think Milford's a great example of rugby league players having guaranteed contracts. Yep, I think he's one of those personalities. He's one of those personas that as soon as he's guaranteed something. Like, can you imagine Milford on just a bunch of different two-year contracts? Yeah. So, essentially, in his head, he's always on contract year. He'd yeah, be the, he'd he's be always the best player in the league. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Hmm. Yep. Uh, where are we here? We talked a bit about Kevy, so we won't go through there. On that one there. Ryan said, I'm not in Australia, so I'm unsure what to believe with what I'm seeing online. Is Queensland really closing the border? Will the Queensland teams relocate or is the season cooked? Season's fine as of today. As of today, uh, Queensland's going to you know, honour the exemptions for the rugby league teams and everything. So at, at this stage, we're all good still. Uh, you know, I don't want to start talking about Victorians again. But if these cunts have their way, maybe things, you know, get worse from now. But I'm hoping that that's uh, not the case. I think the worst case scenario for Brisbane or for Queensland and, and rugby league will be they just lock everyone down back to that the level we were sort of at the end of March. And, uh, you know, zero fans at games. Yep. You know, restaurants and pubs and stuff closed and back to delivery only again, things like that. Um, but so far, touch wood, still okay. Uh, Michael said, has anyone checked on Gallon? Surely he's lost the title of most hated by the Queensland population. Yeah. Yeah. Who who cares about Gallon, honestly? 
Exactly. He's an absolute shit cunt player. He's the most losingest player to ever play the game. He fucked New South Wales Rugby League for a generation. Yeah. Him and his fucking partner in crime, Robbie Farrow. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Daniel says, odds of the Knights beating the Storm and inserting a pooper duper into Cameron Smith this weekend? Zero. Mm. Zero. Negative. I mean, is there such a thing as negative odds? Zero. No chance. Um, biggest said, uh, NRL bachelorette, forgetting who already actually has partners, who would you love to see in one of those houses trying to contend for a girl's affections? Say that again. NRL bachelorette. So forget which players have partners. Who would you love to see in one of those houses trying to contend for a girl's affections? Who asked that question? Biggest. Fucking hell, cunt. <laughs> like, you get a pass because you're a nice guy. But that doesn't entitle you to wholesale fucking scunge cunt lapses in judgment. <laughs> Just because something is there, don't be a part of it. Choose not to engage. Choose not to know what it is. Choose not to know how it works. That shit is aimed at the lowest common denominator. It's aimed at the fucking Robbie Farrers of society. Be better. Let's fucking pretend that that question didn't exist... And we can all go back to this nice normalcy of pretending that there's not a giant fucking elephant in the room next time you're at the meetup. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, th- th- those shows are designed for those diseased fucking toilets that flew in from fucking Victoria. They're fucking 100%. Now, look, while, while we're handing out bouquets and brick bats the, for Biggest. The biggest. The, there is a very fucking good friend of yours that works in the entertainment industry that can tell you fucking horrific stories. Like, you know, everyone sort of goes into those things thinking those shows are a little bit manufactured. He can tell you stories that would fucking chill your teeth about just how manufactured those things are. Like, the, they, they worry me more than fucking millennials, more than TikTok, more than the Chinese government creating fucking bat viruses in a lab and releasing them as a pseudo-trade war. Those shows will do more for the death of humanity than carbon emissions ever will. <laughs> I feel that question's been asked and answered now. Now, while we're, while we're on the subject of biggest, though, I did get a package in the mail on um, oh, the books. Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, he said he was so sending the address Addressed to the, the, the Twill Dads, and it's a collection of uh, little uh, self-produced rugby league books. By biggest for for the little tigers of the world, and it's like a substantial collection of little books that uh, obviously you can uh, you can see next week or next time you know, you're actually over here. But uh, we've got titles such as rugby league, the alphabet. So, for example, it's uh you know A is for Alfie, Alexander, and awards. B is for Broncos, Bulldogs, and Beats, and etc. etc. We've got our rugby league shapes. 
So uh, talks about shapes and like an oval and you know pentagon and all this sort of thing. Um, rugby league numbers, rugby league colours. Incy Wincy Spider loves rugby league, and so on. And he sent us like a good, what probably what is it, seven or eight, nine little books he's created. Yes. So honestly, great stuff, fella. Thank you. And also, uh, if anyone listening to the show happens to be in a publishing capacity or, you know, work for, you know, similar, let us know and we'll connect you because uh, you never know. You might be onto something. And, and like, really in a fucking publishing capacity. Yeah. Not not like you cunts that say you actually, you know, you, you're in a fucking chicken crimpy capacity and, <laughs> and give me fucking biscuity blue balls, you shit cunts. Actual fucking publishers. Yeah. Amazon.com ebook Kindle edition doesn't count. Correct. Exactly. Uh, and that is it for the mailbag. Let me, I just had, I did have the, uh, tipping competition standings up here at the moment. And again, King Kong, uh, what is saying training day? Nobody has shit on King Kong at this stage in the tipping competition. He's, uh, where is it? I've lost the, I've lost my fucking, I've lost my little chart. Here it is. King Kong has a, uh, he's, he's, he didn't have a great round. He he only got six where I think, where I feel like a a bunch of people probably should have got more than that, but, uh, he maintains his lead. Uh, we go on, where's the table here? Just lost my place there with the table. Let me just get it back. Fucking computer's doing strange things. All right, here we go. So yeah, King Kong on top. Still maintaining a two-point lead over six again, yeah, nah. And then we go back again to Knight's undefeated asterisk crusade. Andy, Sneaky Kiwi, Benny, 89, Matt, Panthers cameraman, Honor Blood Buzz, and Mrs. Whistle. And then we've got a bunch of other people in there that are uh, only like a, you know, tied, you know, out of the... We go down to number 17, and they're out of the 10 on four and against alone. So uh, once again, a good competition. Best luck to everyone. Make sure you get your tips in next week. Mm. And uh, that is it for episode 361. Thanks again for listening, everybody. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at TWI League. Our Facebook community, best place to be, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Twill Nation. Otherwise, just get into Facebook. Uh Throw out a search there, search for hashtag Twill Nation and you will find it. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash this week in league. Check that for episode releases each week and uh, hit the like button, share the post around. Uh, we love you long time. And uh, if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to go the extra mile, our digital memberships are still available and can be picked up anytime for only $3.99 a month. And of course, we've got our, uh, our trial run with our biggest ever sponsor next week so uh if you're a digi member we'll reveal it on the show this week otherwise next week guys it's all happening that's it mobilize mobilize motherfuckers yeah, do you have anything else that you would like to cover off before we pull the pin and fucking it's getting don't, late jesus christ don't fucking fly around and then lie about where you've been
you know what? Yeah, first thing, just don't. How about not fly around? Just don't. Yeah. In the first place. And if you do, if you must, if you're essential, it's essential for you to go down to these diseased fucking zombie infested hell holes, mm. then by all means, do it. Do your job. Make that cheddar. Do the Lord's work, whatever the fuck you're doing. But when you come back in, stay the fuck away from the shops at Logan and Springfield, will you? Exactly. Because you're fucking it up for everyone. Mm. And finally, build a wall <laughs> along the Brisbane River. Fuck it. Just <laughs> build a wall and just lock the south of Brisbane out. Yes. South of Brisbane, you're now as dead to me as fucking south of New South Wales is. Yes. Sons of bitches. South Brisbane Rabbitohs. South Brisbane AFL capital of Australia. Fucking hell. Victorian fucking dirtbags. See you next week. Later. <laughs> <laughs>